think I was in love once. Really? What was her name? I don't remember. That's not a good start, but, but keep going. She was Brazilian. Or Chinese, or something weird. I met her in the bathroom of a Kmart, and we made out for hours. And then we parted ways, never to see each other again. I'm pretty sure that's not love. God damn it! Episode 83 of Gundam at MHQ. I'm Chris. And this is Sobro Ryu. And you're not hearing the voice of Neo because he's for the first time breaking his perfect attendance record. He's the only one of the three of us who's been on every single episode from the beginning up to this point. Let's, let's have a moment of silence for Neo. <laughs> all, of, all of two seconds. And... And, and that absence will be noted on his permanent record. So, why is he not here? Well, he'll explain that next episode when he's back. So, to uh, fill in and keep the trinity going, we've got a special guest from japantour.com, Hiroko Yamamura. Say hello, Hiroko. Hey, guys. Hey. You, you might have heard us both together on the Tomocast a while back discussing robots. Oh, robots. <laughs> big surprise so she's going to be joining us uh throughout the whole episode today and we're going to carry on without neo and jump in sorry with his... hey what can you do <laughs> we're we're going to carry on without him and i'm going to take over his his mailbag as the designated journalist and just to mix things up Solbro's going to be doing the mailbag. Oh, yes, indeed. I know. It's shocking, shocking change. People aren't used to change. I stole the mail like it's 1858, man. (laughs) I robbed the stagecoach. Let's go. So I wanted uh, our old-time radio guy to do the news, but uh, he sent me a voicemail that he was um, over at the tracks putting down some bets, and he wasn't doing so well. And he said, go away, kid. You bother me, see? Go away. You're a jinx. You're no good. I don't like you. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to do the mailbag without both, I mean, the news without Neo and Old Time Radio Guy, which I'm sure has everyone disappointed. The audience anyway. is disrod. <laughs> anyway, our first entry into the news comes from Dalo, who brings up some news that make a lot of fanboys very, very angry and erupt into a whole bunch of rage. You know what I'm talking about, Soulbro. Oh, oh. That's the cancellation of Mega Man Legends 3 by Capcom. Yeah, yeah. People have been heated over this. I'll let you read the the article and then I'll I'll give my insight on that. Uh, It's nothing much to read. Uh, You can find the link there. You know, they, they canceled it very unceremoniously, but people were expecting it. Given the silence of Capcom about the game recently, the removal from their Japanese website, 
the cancellation of Mega Man Universe a while back. And, of course, most obviously, and who didn't expect it in light of this, uh, Keiji Inafune leaving Capcom yeah, I think a while was, back. Which I think is the biggest factor, is that he left and he was spearheading the project. He was the advocate for this project. He pretty was, much. He was the man who got it going, and if he's gone, then who's going to defend it? So there was... You know, massive fan outcry. You know, some people were rolling with it, and others, of course, were being whiny babies, saying, I'll never <laughs> buy anything from Capcom again. Frick you, Capcom. Wah. As the uh, as the Capcom advocate of Gundam, um, I've got to say that it is it does suck that that game's not coming. I know I had a feeling when uh, KG left Capcom that that was going to play out the way it did, mainly because um, you know he was the, he was the the show the the game runner on that, and um, once he left, um, he it, it, for those who don't know, that's the man that actually created Mega Man way back in 1987. So um, if you didn't know, he's pretty much responsible for most of the Mega Man games that have been produced, and um, he was one of the head cats at Capcom. He wrote through the, risen through the ranks and um you know he was actually uh um at in the later years he was actually on capcom's ass about uh making their games more susceptible to uh, other audiences around the world they he didn't he didn't see the sense in just catering to japanese players and tastes and i think he caused a lot of uh rumbling behind the scenes at capcom to the point that he had he just resigned um probably over his viewpoints on that matter but um yeah when this game got uh canceled when they announced it right before it was right before comic-con right that they announced it that the, yes. the game was canceled and that, and the one-two punch of in the same week the reveal of ultimate mvc3 yes. with no Mega Man in it whatsoever whatsoever and um they've been pretty shy about the reason why they were saying that the battle director of the game neo g wasn't all that um all that keen on Mega Man being in the game. And I remember way back when um, MVC3 was being made, they were saying that Arthur was initially intended to be Mega Man in the game, but since Arthur had been out of rotation for so long, they thought it had been a kind of cool thing to put Arthur in the game instead. And if you look how Arthur plays, he's kind of Mega Man-ish. Well, he is small. He's he's small. He throws multiple projectiles and a a, a variety of them. And his gameplay, even though very uh, taken from the actual Ghouls and Ghosts game, he can also be very Mega Man-ish in his execution. So uh, to me, as much as I would like to see Mega Man in the game, I wasn't missing him all that much because Arthur was there. Do I believe that Mega Man should be in the game? Sure, I, I do because he's Capcom's mascot, whether it's official or not. And they should find some way to put one of his um, incarnations in the game. They did in the previous game, TVC, or Tatsunoko versus Capcom. But for him not to be in this game is kind of suspect. On top of the, on, on the heels of him um, getting his latest game denied, Mega Man Met Legends 3. So there's something behind the scenes happening with Ca- uh, Mega Man at Capcom, and Capcom hasn't been completely forthright about it. Personally, I'm not angry. Um, I know that Mega Man will have his time in the, time in the spotlight. Be- because you're the battered <laughs> wife of Capcom. You'll never be angry. I, I am. You'll man. just keep going back to them for more because they'll, I-, I promise I won't beat you so hard next time, woman. Hey, dude, like I said in the, um, in the Capcom debate, they were the wife beater. <laughs> they are. So going back to Legends, a question for both of you. I've never played either of the two Legends games. So have either of you played them? And if so, are, are they that good that you know people are so uh, in an up, uproar about these, this uh, newest game? I, I played canceled? the first one on, I think it was PlayStation, the first uh, PS. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cool. You know, it was definitely a big departure. It was really cute. The graphics were really nice on it. Um, I don't think I finished it. And I think I that's like one of the first games I ever bootlegged. So nice. You know, <laughs> that's where that was a very dark part of my life. Oh you know, so. man. I hate to see what you did on the Dreamcast now. The, the funny <laughs> the funny thing about that game is uh the, through a friend of mine, uh Thomas Bengelter from Daft Punk. Yeah. 
I gave him a bootleg copy of that, and he went crazy over it. So, um, that's my big story with that game. Oh my God! You know those guys? Oh, man. I don't know them. Oh. I just gave them a game. So. Oh, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> you got closer to them than we have, so that's cool. But um, international, uh, you know, bootleg. Well, um, I guess my experience with Mega Man Legends is about the same. I played the first game about halfway through, and um, I just didn't have time to finish it because I was in school at the time. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was uh, it had a lot in common with uh, Zelda, but um, I never played Part 2. I did play The Adventures of Tron Bond, which is a spin-off game, and I thought that was a lot of fun and very funny. And I, if there was any series of Mega Man Legends, I would have liked to see continue as that one, but... I thought it would have had a lot of potential in this gaming environment now if they did a part three. And it's a shame they couldn't get it out because there would have probably been a lot of things they could have done. But um, we'll never know unless they decide to kick the project back into full gear sometime in the future. But Yeah, now they have a bigger cast and all this stuff they could work with. Mm-hmm. So be cool. Indeed. All right. Moving on, we have uh, just a quick link from Vent Noir, a new ad for the upcoming Garen's Ambition game, you know, the long-running series of what-ifs of strategies and alternate universal century history, all that fun stuff. So mm-hmm. you can check the news thread and click on that link if you want to see that ad, including um, fun stuff like Amaro in a fancy uh, Federation officer's uniform. Oh, nice. In an alternate history. And I believe this game, they're adding Unicorn to the mix. What? Yeah. Man, that is awesome. So we're talking, we're going all the way into the 0090s? Yep. What? That is ridiculous. Alternate histories abound of what could happen. Oh, man. Next, we have an entry from Awesome78. It's a link to Anime News Network. Mm -hmm. He says, something to get Chris angry, live action Voltron could actually be a possibility. Oh, it is. Now, this is not something I'd actually get angry about. It's just something I don't care about. That's the oh, distinction. I can is... feel your anger. Oh, well, vent, go ahead. Um, go ahead and um, uh, wax on that. Go ahead. No, no, I, just, I, just... I feel Chris's anger from all the way from Chicago. <laughs> it's just apathy. It's not anger. It's easy to confuse the two. <laughs> is that what's it causing the triple-digit uh, weather up there? Yeah. Chris. So, according to this article on ANN, World Events Productions uh, announced that Relativity Media optioned the rights to make a live-action film adaptation of the Voltron animated series. Atlas Productions is also involved. You can read on more about that at ANN in the link. And uh, I would expect that, like Robotech and Akira, Evangelion, and God knows how many other things, this will just promptly go into development hell. <laughs> And we'll probably never see the light of day, so that's uh, that. You're probably on to something there, if anything. Um, I don't expect much to uh, come out of that, but uh, I guess we'll see when we see a trailer, if, if we do. Next, we have a, sort of a double-team unicorn announcement from Timber New Type and Jabman025. Mm-hmm. Timber points out that the English unicorn website has been updated with a couple of new mobile suit and character profiles including the addition of good old bright noah captain hamburger himself nice because as everyone knows he will be appearing in episode four and it's a big hush hush secret about who his new voice actor is get out of town man so they're finally gonna do it they're finally gonna have him voiced by somebody else man they they finally have decided that um although his original voice was the dopest they're gonna go and have uh another guy come in and do his voice man hey he's been dead long enough you know and uh those super robot wars and gundam games ain't gonna voice themselves (laughs) 
Hey, they had to do it with um with Hikaru from Macross so, for a few know. years, yes. And now yeah. he has a new official voice actor for every Macross and Super Robot Wars and mm-hmm. all of that how, fun stuff. How old is he going to be in this then? Uh, this is zero nine six, so he'd be in his thirties. Does he have the Does he have the pencil thin mustache? Does he have uh the Errol Flynn? You can check it out for yourself. This oh. got some line art for how he looks there. So just oh. go to GundamUnicorn.net slash en. Straight there. Straight pimping. Nice. And Jabman's part of that little unicorn update is that episode four hits PSN on November twelfth and comes out on Blu-ray December second. That's worldwide. So Wait. thanks a lot, Bandai, for putting it in December when I have to buy you know all this crap for <laughs> Christmas and shit. They just want to double. They just want to. They just want to bend you over. It's like well, you know, we and know they know they presents. can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> At least you pre-ordered on Amazon like all the smart people. They, they know they can. So next we have a submission from Gundam Type Zero who says anime director and character designer Toyo Ashida has passed away. Oh. His credits include character designs for Vifum and Cyborg 009 as well as directing Fist of the North Star and Vampire Hunter D. So there's a link to wow. that on ANN. He also has a link to a rather weird story that I saw a few days ago. Final Fantasy XI of event parodies Macross Frontier. <laughs> yes, it's part of the, the newest expansion pack, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that is a very obvious parody of Macross Frontier, so follow the link and check it out. He also has a link, Major Kusanagi's Racing Jacket for Sale, so you can buy yourself a nice expensive version of a jacket made deliciously sexy by the Major. Ooh, I need one of those. Hey, you could def- you, you, you wear it a lot better than I could. <laughs> You're still going to get one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it will hang on the wall. <laughs> As I will go wanting. <laughs> we also have a new submission from Trollrello himself, Mechton GM, who says, posting it because it's sort of mecha-ish, but Battleship the Movie. Oh. Hollywood has officially run out of ideas. Ooh. Sigh. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to pound my head into a wall. And there's a YouTube link. Yes, this is a real thing that's happening. Yep. Battleship the movie. And it gets worse. We're going to get Space Invaders, the movie. And, and Asteroid, the movie. And, and Mon- Candyland, the movie. And Monopoly from Ridley Scott. So, and um, Monopoly, the so movie. Stra- so strap in. Um, but yeah, I-, I saw the Battleship trailer yesterday when we went to go see uh, Cowboys and Aliens. And um, I was thoroughly disgusted. Thoroughly, it, it could have been about anything else, but they wait until the, they wait to show you the title of the movie until the end of the trailer. So you, it, it, it's almost like the punchline to a joke. <laughs> this is something we unfortunately can thank Transformers for. Yeah, pretty much. Now they think they can adapt everything, and on top of that, every think, every goddamn toy into or board game or whatever into a movie. It is a it is a it is a Parker Brothers game, which is owned by um, Hasbro. So um, I guess it's part of that whole package. Jeez, but you know what? You know what? I hope it's. Um, I hope they, if they looked at any film, and I mean any film, to as inspiration for that, they better have watched Clue because that's how you adapt a board game to the movie. And I still to think to this day, to this day, that's the only board game you could put into film because it has at least some kind of plot. As weak as it is, there's a plot there. But um, for Battleship, I'm expecting B4 to win the war. <laughs> And that's about it. That's about it. All right, we got two more submissions. One of them comes from Nasty Nate, who reports on a link from andreasang.com. A Gundam GPS iPhone app is coming out, of course, for Japan. 
Enemy mobile suits will appear on the map at random, and you'll have to defeat them. This requires no actual interaction on your part. Just continue driving and get past the enemy position. Namco Bandai says that this system is patent pending. That's kind of cool. I wonder if you could use the, the GPS Gundam app to guide you to the, the char salon. <laughs> or, the, um, or the Gundam Cafe. Maybe so. Man, that's not a bad. I mean, it's cool. I mean, if you live in Japan, that's going to be a lot more advantageous to take um, to to use than than anywhere else in the in the world. But I hope they they make it accessible to. Um, to There's to only Japanese maps on it, so. Oh, bummer. So if you, I wonder if you try to go to like some Macross event, would it be like, no, that's the competitors. You can't go. <laughs> it won't give you directions. It's not allowed. All that stonewalling. <laughs> Between Only franchises. Only one way to find out. No doubt. And our last one was not submitted by anyone, and I'm surprised oh. because you can read on ANN from Otakon, Bandai Entertainment announced a bunch of new licenses. The only one relevant to us is that they're going to release the Code Geass Renya manga. Oh, nice. Uh, well, uh, does this actually contain uh, mecha in it? I can't even keep track of this stuff anymore with all these different Code Geass manga. Most of them... Do not. Oh, wow. Some of them do. Some of them don't. It's, it's a big old mess, and I stopped caring, actually. So, Ouch. <laughs> I believe Renya, this is the one that's set in, like, like the 1800s or something. So what? I would expect no, no mecha in this one. Oh, wow. I wonder if it's an actual, you know, if it's set that, that far back. I, I'm pretty sure the C2 will be in it. Well, maybe. I guess I, I'm, I'm speculating. But um, that, that, that premise sounds pretty cool if it's, if it's a, some kind of prequel. I'm down to check that out. Well, you can whenever they release it. So, of course, if you have any more news submissions, you can just drop us a line there on the Neo's News Listener Submitted Articles thread on MechaTalk. And I'm going to hand it over to Solbro to do the mailbag now, which is something I never expected to say, but here we are. Ain't that nuts? That's crazy talk. All right. Well, um, we kick it off with uh, the first submission for the mailbag, and it's um, everybody's favorite listener. Uh, Mula Flaga, and he writes a slew of questions. Um, as usual. As usual. <laughs> our, our man in Australia. All right, here we go. Number one, if you had to recommend two super robot and two real robot shows, in brief, what would you recommend? I will uh, ta- I'll toss this first over to our guest, Hiroko. And, um, what, oh, which, no. Oh, would you like- um, super robots. <laughs> I hate super robots. Let me think. Hey, you can always pass um, on the super robots. I'll pass. Let me think. Let me think. Mm-hmm. Super robots. Uh, well, we can come back to you. Come back to me. Please. Oh, well, Chris, do it up. All right. Two super robots. The 2005 Guy King remake. Might have mentioned that in the past. That's a good show. Worth mm-hmm. checking out. And another one. Simple, dumb, fun, fan service. The 2007 Dan Cougar Nova series. Oh, man. All right. And um, what are your uh, real robot shows? Uh, <laughs> go to MHQ. <laughs> well, well, you've covered many. Um, I'll, 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 um, I'll go, and we'll, we'll go back to Hiroko in a second. Um, for my super, my, I guess the two super robot shows I'd probably recommend. Um, one of them is definitely uh, uh, Gal Gagar. Um, I love that show even though the first half is real slow taking the easy way out yeah, absolutely the obvious choice <laughs> Gal- let me guess are you gonna say Gurren Lagan next no no not at all um out of uh I, my, my next one is not an obvious choice but um Gal Gagar we've talked about it on the show a lot of fun if you can find it 
check it out. My other one is Die Guard. It is a uh, super robot show, I guess, in the slightest sense, because they deal with some real-world issues with the super robot that they have. And it's kind of... Business. Exactly. They've got the unconventional side of the office. If you you were to take... If you were to describe it in shorthand, it's like the office meets um, Gekiganger or or, or something like that. It's kind of like that, where you've got... um, the people who work in the PR department for this, uh, this, uh, I guess, uh, God, it's it's a uh, a weapons development company. Uh, they work for that, and um, they're the PR department for them. And yet, they have this mascot super robot that they that they pilot because of uh, an invading uh, mysterious foe. And it's a lot of fun, man. They take a lot of elements from super robot shows, and I recommend it to anybody who can find that show. Um, real robot shows, man. I'm a little torn. Um, damn. Uh, no Robotech. Yeah, I can't go. I, I won't say Macross or Gundam. No Gundam. That's 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 damn obvious. Um, I will definitely go with Votums. I would recommend that to anybody. <laughs> Going for the easy choices again, huh? No, it's not that easy. I mean, it's it's not it's not run of the mill, and it's not someone that people would go out and seek. Unless we've only talked about it a zillion times. <laughs> You're right. We we've talked about it. And quite it being a bit. one of the main series that MHQ covers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. MHQ does uh cover that. God, other real robot show that's not so damn obvious and i'm not in the living room right now so i can look at my dvd collection damn it (laughs) (laughs) um i want to go with something obvious but let me go with something that um man you know i just recently watched flag and being on the subject of vote terms i gotta say that i i did enjoy flag i thought flag was really well done and and very um uh, very, it's of the times because they 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 cover uh, a conflict in a in a Middle Eastern foreign country, um, and if you, they're using robots, real robots during that conflict, and it it's more than just the robots that it's about, and um, it's it's filmed kind of in a documentary format, which is an unconventional take for an anime series. So I would recommend that to anybody, and it's a real robot show, much like uh, Votomes is. So those are my two and two, and Hiroko, um, you come up with any at all? Sure. All right. I wrote some stuff down. Nice. Um, Super Robot, uh, you know, I'm not much of a Super (laughs) Robot fan, so I'll say uh, Dan Gaio. I like that. That was cool. And how about Gunbuster? Is Gunbuster considered a Super Robot? It kind of straddles the line, but tends to be more Super, at least the way I see it. So it's cool. It counts. (laughs) (laughs) Cha-ching. As as it goes along, it becomes more Super, so I would would say. Somewhere Pedro is not listening to this yet, yet creamed his pants anyway. (laughs) Uh, Regular. No, not regular. That's not the regular. Real. Real robot. We'll say um, Bubblegum Crisis is still one of my favorite series. Nice choice. And uh, how about Mosfita? Oh, nice. <laughs> Very good choice. How topical. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but all right, that is, uh, I forgot that I'm doing the mailbag. All right. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next question we have here. Um, let's see. Number two, he says here, just got a variety of questions of hate. Uh, you guys need to channel your dark side here, or in Neo's case, the general of the emperor. Uh, sadly, Neo have, will miss out on your question, and I'm, I'm sure he's relieved. Um, <laughs> number one, Chris, um, you mentioned you didn't really like Aquarion, yet assumed you finished it. Whereas Dragon Knot, you stopped. Has there has any other mecha anime series come close to being as bad as Dragon Knot or Aquarion? You have to dig deep for this one. <laughs> well, shit. Uh... Let me tell you this way. Mm-hmm. Aquarian, I made it through 14 episodes before I stopped. Dragonaut, I only made it through five. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> at least, um, at least you tried. That's the most important thing. I, I, I think, um, when when you watch a show, you you do the two hour rule or the four episode rule. If uh, you can't get past the first volume, you at least you you watched enough of it to get to get a feel of the show. And even if it goes great places after that, and people tell you, you know, that's a hard that's that's a hard thing to commit to. And um, I don't blame you for stopping. You got you got little time to waste. Well, my my rule is if watching it is a chore and not an enjoyment, I shouldn't be watching it. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Well, um, he next asks um, a question from me. Um, he says, you've mentioned you either do or did hate Centurions. Would you mind explaining your hate for that? Centurions is one of those rather interesting series to me, especially the idea of power armor used by the heroes. Um, man, I, I, there were so many cartoons on in, um, late 80s, early 90s. I just, there was something about Centurions, being that the, 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 not only with the show, but with the toys, I just didn't care for. Um, I, the, the, the fact that all the characters had holes in their bodies. That was a good part. Was it? Cause it was, it was, it was spooky to me. It's like, how do you, how do you even walk with those holes in your bodies? It's, I mean, but again, the toys had them in, in the cartoon. They weren't so, um, they weren't so obvious, I guess, the, the way they designed the characters. There were holes there, but it wasn't. They weren't like deep into the characters like the toys were, and it just they were just creepy to me. I didn't, I didn't care for them, and one of them was practically useless. I forget which one. I think the water guy. That guy. Oh, sucked. that like orange guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. That guy he sucked was, out. Was he it? had a launching missile though? Remember? Oh, did he? Did he? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Water guys are always useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was too top heavy. Oh my god! And the villains. That's, I didn't like the character designs of the heroes or the villains. They were just, just it was booty. I, 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 I would. Lo- I liked uh, Bionic Six more than I liked the Centurions. I thought that made for a better, not only a better toy. You know, I just found. Cartoon. I just found a Bionic Six figure, and I was oh. like, "What is this guy?" And I'm staring at him for like four hours, like really, and not noticing the six on his chest. I'm like, "This dude looks all old." Oh, that what, must... the, what the hell could this guy be? Oh, it's Bion- I... Bionic One. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, you know what makes a good toy? What's that? <laughs> the Robot Damashi F91 that's sitting on my desk right now. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, nice. That is pretty awesome, man. Man, it does but make sense. Awesome. Centurions are cool. They were big, they were hefty, they had launching shit on them. They were. You they know? Were. But um, I was. I don't remember seeing this damn thing, so I have no idea what the hell you oh, all are man. talking about. It's time to Google that sh- that shit up. I, I must have missed it somehow. I uh, thank God you did. <laughs> but I, they were okay. Well, we we are of two minds on that. <laughs> the characters were just like really American. Yes, like, they were. They were so like patriotic, dude. Kind of dude. They, so. were damn, they were damn jingoistic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get enough. Uh, times to use that word you know <laughs> very few very few but um we um he also asked a question for neil but we'll save that for later or maybe why don't we, we answer in neil's behalf oh why not why not here it is this is just for neil which um i'm glad to violate the, the aka the number one ikeda and michael bay fanboy the one who gushes over mere mention of those names can never defile their names otherwise cough revenge of the fallen cough which is which one is worse in your opinion razafon or MD Geist 2, colon, Death Force, or the third option of something he really hates, which is Witch Hunter Robin. Oh, my God. I wish he was here to answer this shit. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to answer on Neil's behalf. Oh, my God. Go ahead. And, and say that if it had to be just between MD Geist 2, colon, Death Force, and Razafon, mm-hmm. I think he would go with Razafon. I think he would, because he at least gets some kind of perverted enjoyment out of MD Geist 2, and it's shorter. So. Yes. <laughs> 
mercifully shorter. <laughs> well, Razafon, he was not a happy camper when he finished that or Witch Hunter Robin. I mean, just judging from um, the time we were on Flip the Script when he talked about Witch, Witch Hunter Robin there and the many times he's mentioned it on the show, yeah, he was, he was quite upset about how that ended. And Razafon... He was just unimpressed. He saw it as a cheap rendition of Evangelion, and you guys know how he feels about Ava. So. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> the whole world knows. Exactly. But um, thank you for the question, uh, Mula Flaga. You may go back to um, putting shrimps on the Barbie. <laughs> but um, next up is a question from our favorite, um, our favorite new type dad, Timber New Type. And uh, he asks us, uh, he, his uh, question goes, um, we all know the necessary evils of stock footage in mecha anime. We all know shows like Seed and Destiny use them to excess, to say the least. Here's the question. What stock footage do you not mind seeing? And uh, he goes on to give an example. Maybe a translation or launch sequence, maybe a transformation or launch sequence that was shown multiple times, but you liked it anyway. I have guesses for you guys. And his guesses are for Neo, um, the Seed ship shelled, a uh, close-up of anatomically uh, gifted captain bouncing ensues. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that would probably be Neo's right there. Tobucha. <laughs> <laughs> um, for Chris, he says, uh, the legend slash providence slash Akatsuki. Akatsuki. God, man, what's wrong with me? Um, launches attack in space over slash over water. And then... Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, for me, the O-Riser docking sequence. Microwave dings, hot pockets are done. <laughs> And um, finally, he says, mine is the Zeta Gund- Gundam launching. Let's do it, Camille. Then Zeta launches and transforms, which is really cool. I always like that. Um, second goes to Giga Drill Break. Thanks. Um, I'll, I'll toss it to you, Chris, first. And um, what are your thoughts on that? All right. Definitely not what he guessed. Yeah. <laughs> One stock footage that I don't mind watching over and over again, and I did indeed watch this 49 times straight through. Oh. Every Gal Gygar combination mm. sequence. You bastard. <laughs> Because it's just so beautifully animated in the music, and I just can't stop watching that every damn time. I, I, and I watched it every damn time when they redid it for for final too, with fancier <laughs> quality animation. That it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. I got to say that uh, it was just the way they designed the way that uh, that Gal Geiger transformed and uh, came together. It's 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 really uh, it, 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 I mean, they just made it appealing so that you wouldn't mind watching it every time. And I got to agree with you. That's awesome. So that, that's one. Uh, mm-hmm. Another one from Mac. Cross, that I do not mind watching it over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. you'll know which one I'm talking about, Silver, and probably you too, Hiroko. That one ridiculously well animated shot of a blast from the Macross's main gun hitting a small Zentradi ship and it blows up. Oh. In yeah. uber well done detail that gets shown a bunch of times. <laughs> but I think it's in the intro too, isn't it? It's in the intro yeah. too, yes. It even showed up, I think, in the intro for Robotech. So yeah. it's that, that first Zentradi ship that gets blown up by the Macross at the very yeah. beginning of the series. And they keep reusing that scene over and over again, and I love it every single time. I bet Atano Circus was behind that one right there, too. <laughs> Maybe. The, probably the design of that, um, that explosion, because that, that shows literally just really unique um, destruction scenes. Especially, um, I guess, uh, it's not a repeat uh, stock footage that they use, but when... Um, when uh what's his name i always want to call him ben dixon but um <laughs> kakazaki kakazaki gets decimated in the cockpit and um uh, do you remember love god dang that guy, <laughs> that guy gets cremated and it's 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 wicked if, especially <laughs> if you watch the uh 
<laughs> the view of him on the video yeah. from inside Hikaru's Valkyrie. Oh my god. It was you like... see him getting creamed. Um, another stock footage they use a lot in Macross that I like, you guys probably know what I'm talking about as well, when they show that very long shot of Retai's Battle Cruiser. Yeah. Like it flies by the screen and you see the whole thing move from end to end of the ship. That is awesome. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, and they, they use that shot a whole shitload of times in that show. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, I would say every Argama team launch sequence from Zeta. Oh, hell yeah. Even the Methus. <laughs> even, even the Methus, yes. Because you know that Fa's gonna suck. And the Methus is going to get ripped in half, and then it'll be back next episode like nothing happened. Absolutely, man. That's the, um, that is the economic mech right there. <laughs> but uh, those are good picks, man. And uh, Hiroko, any, any, um, any uh, stock footage uh, scenes you don't mind seeing at all? Let's see. I don't mind. You know, speaking of Macross, there was some weird ones that they actually modified. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, my, I've, it's been so long since I watched it, but part of the Max, like, escape scene, oh, like, they yeah. reuse some of the animation on a yeah. different background later. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what else? I can't remember. Some of, this, some of the Transformers stuff, it was oh. reused in, like, a completely different context, which made it kind of funny, you know? Mm-hmm. But I can't remember. How about, how about the reused... Uh, Stuff from the island to the new Transformers movie. <laughs> I remember uh, Chris had told us about that um, just the other day when we reviewed the movie. I had no idea that that scene on the on the bridge was reused scenes from the island, and I like the island. I, I just saw it just before. I should have known. Damn, Michael Bay. I liked it better when it was called Logan's Run and twenty other movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, any other picks at all? I can't remember. I've got a fried brain. So. Well, it's, a, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, since you brought up Transformers, I'll definitely say one of my favorite reused shock footage um, shots from the original Transformers animated series was when um, Megatron would flip backwards and transform into his handgun form and land right into either um, Soundwave or uh, Starscream's hand. That transformation always looked dope. I, I love that shit. Um, that Even was, though it was the dumbest transformation ever. It really was. It's like, man, tr- Megatron, you don't trust anybody, yet you're going to let them hold you? Dude, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you going to turn into a handgun for your constant betrayer to use? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like he just crumpled you When up. he already has weapons of his own. He doesn't need you. He needs you to be in his hand. Although Megatron did pack a punch anytime he was fired. but still. The worst is his cannon was physically bigger when he was in <laughs> robot mode. So why wouldn't that be more powerful, you know? Yeah, you got a point. I mean, although this is Transformers Generation One, there's no logic, just heart and soul. <laughs> just, just heart and soul. It, it made for a cool toy for Megatron, though. I, I loved um the the full version of him with all the uh, all the pieces you could put on him and, and pretty much turn him into a. I loved that toy. That was that, one of my favorite Transformers toys when I was a kid. My parents the bo- boner Transformer. Yes. <laughs> my parents refused to buy that shit for me. I had to play with. I had to. I had to. I had to play with other people's boners. <laughs> Really now? <laughs> oh my god! But um, I, I didn't um, know this was Dan Savage's podcast. Now, <laughs> is there anything else you want to tell us, Solbro? <laughs> I'll refrain oh, from you're opening up. I'll refrain from my boner, my boner, um, my boner discussion there. But um, <laughs> going back to the subject of reused uh, footages of uh, reused uh, stock footage, um, I do am always a fan of uh, Voltron's uh, combination sequence. Ever since I was a kid, uh, it always get me riled up every episode. But of course, I was eight at the time, so. Hey, but it's still cool to see. You know, I, that was the first combining robot I ever saw, 
And um, when they when they would form Voltron, it was always uh, an exhilarating experience, and and it was fun. But um, time for celebration. There you go. <laughs> I'm going on to newer anime. Um, I always enjoy when uh, Roger Smith gets the big O, uh, launches the big O, uh, and he uh, he gets ready to do his uh, telltale move where he does that that steam punch and punches the shit out of stuff. You know how how the big O's arm cocks back, and you can just you just get empathy pains from whatever he's punching because they know it's going to be freaking nasty. Uh, the the end result for that, but um, I do always dig that. Gosh, I'm trying to think of any other shows that we haven't talked about. Uh, um, I guess I'm out my, right now. I could. Uh, I, the only other thing I can think of is maybe the Escaflone startup sequence, or when uh, during some of the battles where they would show some stock footage of the Escaflone destroying other uh, mecha, and just the, the shots of its mechanics inside spinning and whirring. I always like that too. But um, that's pretty much all I got for the moment. And that would take us on to the next question. And let's see here. All right. The Goose asks several questions. And um, also, I want to thank Timber Newtype for those questions from before. But um, moving on to the next set, we've got the Goose. And his first question is, have you guys read or are currently reading any American comic books, superhero or non-superhero? Any um, any there? Sorry, I guess he made a mistake here. Any particular ones that you like? Uh, I'll I'll ask uh, Hiroko. Are, are you reading any American comic books right now? You know, I, I read a lot of Marvel stuff. Um, I'm really into all the Ed Brubaker, uh, oh. Daredevil stuff. I know mm -hmm. it's been a while since that was released. Um, and I am actually catching up on um, some X-Men stuff. Oh, uh, nice. God, what did I just order? Let me see here. <laughs> That must the second coming and Messiah Complex. So hopefully, I heard really good stuff about it. But if you want my recommendation, all of Brubaker's stuff is really good. So. I I heard he's an outstanding writer, and um, if anything, uh, you you fill the shoes nicely for Neo because he's a big advocate for Marvel as well, and um, that's cool. Um, Chris, any any comic books, uh, any American comic books that you're reading right now, or comic books in general? Yeah, first uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh man, reading that for a long time. Poor Peter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, Fables, great series, mm -hmm. as well as its spinoff, Jack of Fables. How do you feel about two different shows coming on this season that have been that are really stealing from Fables? I think one is Grimm, and the other one is um, some show on ABC. I forget the name of it, but uh, yeah, they're they're both stealing from uh, I guess from Fables premise. I preemptively hate them and want them to die because inevitably, when a Fables project does come to the screen, people will say, "Oh, it's it's a ramp off of these other shows from before." <laughs> it's like no, it's the other way around. Well, it, it it leads me to ask because um I remember a couple a couple years ago that ABC was touting that they got the rights to Fables and they were going to make a show based around it, but I guess that fell through and they decided to well, make they only they only show. committed to a pilot and that thing just went into development hell and now oh. there's all these pretenders and uh, who freaking knows the thing is though Fables at times can be pretty brutally violent yeah and also have quite a bit of nudity so it's the kind of show that would much be uh, better off on HBO, Showtime, Stars, one of these places than one on ABC. Mm -hmm. So here's hoping it eventually gets to cable, and you got stuff based on books now on cable that's big, you know, True Blood, Game of Thrones, American Gods is getting a TV show. So mm -hmm. there is space for this kind of genre stuff Absolutely. on premium cable. So that would be a much better choice for Fables than ABC or any other network because, you know, they kill it anyway and hack it up and make it so different from what it was that nothing of what you like is in there anymore. So HBO, 
Give, give a brother a hand. <laughs> They're probably saying, we've given you enough. <laughs> Got to do, do something while George R. R. Martin writes those next books. Oh, anyway. Man. If you lose the text. That's a great comic, as well as its spinoff, Jack of Fables. Mm-hmm. If you like Jack, who's the supreme asshole of comic books and now has his own comic. Also another good one by Adam Morn, Empowered. Oh, wow. Sort of a very manga-influenced uh, comic about a very insecure chick who has this um, super suit that uh, falls apart at the slightest damage and leads her to constantly get beaten up and tied up by villains, which leads everyone to think that she has some kind of bondage fetish. Oh, wow. <laughs> and there's a lot of laughs at her about that, and uh, it's, it's a good, fun series. I know the name Adam Warren. He, was he behind... Uh, what, what was the series that he was most famous for beforehand? I think, it, it I wasn't... think he did some American comics of Dirty Pair. Oh wow! Because uh, I'm I'm trying I'm thinking it's Gold Digger was one of his, but um. Didn't he do like Ninja High School or something? I think so. I well I could be wrong though. I need to I need to wiki him up. <laughs> well, people can check on the internet and tell us if we're wrong. Yeah. So right on, right on. Anything else that you've been reading? That's it for American comics. I haven't read an American comic in a while. I think the last thing I read was some DC stuff. I read um. The Killing Joke and um, uh, Kingdom Come were like the last two comics I read. I really need to get back into reading comics myself because um, I'm not as big into Marvel as I am DC. And I know uh, to Chris that's sacrilege, but <laughs> no, I don't sacrilege. I don't care. I mean, I I like Marvel more because it has it just happens to have more characters than I like, but that doesn't mean that I hate DC. Oh well, uh, Hiroko doesn't sound like she she cares for DC all that much. <laughs> I, I gave up years ago. Oh damn! I mean, <laughs> honestly though, when it comes to DC, the only one I care about is Batman. Man, so yeah, true. I can all go to hell for all I care. Well, they are rebooting them. A lot of their um, comic book lines. Um, every single movie. one. Every single one. So maybe they got the message, and um, who knows how they turn no, out. No, they're this just trying around. to avoid the issues of the Siegel and Schuster family lawsuits. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot and about Superman that. losing the uh, the red underwear. Oh wow! I I didn't hey? realize that um that sparked the uh, the revamp. Man, that's crazy. Well, damn. All right. Well, um, moving on to the next question. The Goose asks, I tried playing Street Fighter 4 and Super Street Fighter 4, but was lost by their complex moves. However, I still do like to play fighting games, and I'm interested in trying out Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So, bro, being the master of fighting games, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, and Street Fighter, <laughs> would you recommend a casual fighting game, a fighting video gamer, Marvel vs. Capcom 3? If not, what fighting games for this console generation would you recommend for a casual fighting um, video gamer? Um, real quick, I'd have to say that um, MVC3 is, a, is, is, it can be complex, but at least it has a simple mode in it that's, that makes the game easier to play. So if you want to play the game for the enjoyment of playing the game with other people, um, simple mode is a great place to start. Uh, like any fighting game that's out there, you want to, if you really get into it, that's why they have a training mode. You can get in there and try to do the more complex moves and then whatever challenges they have there. But um, MVC3 is a really good place to start because of its simple mode. Not many other fighting games have that. And um, other than that, Smash Brothers. <laughs> Some people call it a party game. Some people call it a fighting game. I like to think of it as a hybrid between the two. Um, I'm not a big fan of it personally, but it's easy to get into and play. So if you want to get into the enjoyment of playing a fighting game, that's another one out there. Um, I, I enjoy street, the Street Fighter series and KOF, but but that is a bit more advanced, and it would take time to get used to those. Would you uh, say Blaze Blue is pretty open? Because I don't think it's that technical, or Man. as far as a lot of a lot of fighting, it can it can go both ways. 
it can. The thing about Blaze Blue, though, is that every character plays different. I, I admire that game because it's like every character in that game is ripped from another fighting game and put into it. And it all seems to add up in its battle system. Some characters are easy to play. Some characters are hard to play. And that's the, that's the genius of the game. And it has a really good tutorial in it. And um, I just would, since he's, he's um, trying to get into fighting games... I think Blaze Blue is a little bit advanced because as soon as you get online, people are ripping you apart because they're so used to how the game plays. Well, that's why you practice offline first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would also give a mention to Soul Calibur, which is yeah. another game series that can go both ways. You can play it easily if you're a noob, but you can also play it a completely different way if you're ultra hardcore. And it's got so many ways for you to play the game and learn it that it's worth, it's worth a shot. And you got Soul Calibur 5 coming out pretty soon, so mm -hmm. there is that, and Soul Calibur 4 is pretty cheap, and it's on both 360 and PS3, so and bound I to, recommend Soul Calibur 4. And bound to get cheaper since they just announced 5, so um, yeah, yep. definitely, uh, Soul Calibur 4 is easy to get into. I, I gotta agree with you, Chris. I complete, that completely was off my radar. Um, how, how would you say, M would MK be easy for people to get into? I don't know if you played the, it much. The current one, the new one, yes. Okay. I think it's pretty open. I mean, obviously, if you're an expert at Mortal Kombat and you've been playing it for years and years, you'll jump right into it. But even if you're not, I don't think that there's much of a learning curve for what I've played of that game. You can jump into any character. I mean, it's not too hard to do stuff like the x-rays or to just randomly press buttons and do some kind of move. So, yeah, the new Mortal Kombat is also, I think, a pretty good entry-level game. Also, you might want to practice with this game offline before you go online and get spanked because I'm sure... Lots of people on there are experienced now. I, I, I definitely take your word for it, if anything. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it, it has some elements there that I've seen that, that look like it's easy to play. And um, I think it, this learning curve is pretty gradual. And um, a, a lot of people can get into it. I, I suck at MK personally, so I, I'm no expert on the matter. But um, any, any other thoughts on this one? Not for me. I don't play many fighting games. Well then, well then. We move on. <laughs> Question number four. While you guys have chewed out bad anime like M.D. Geist and Garzy's Wing, are there any terrible anime that you like as a guilty pleasure? Jesus. Hiroko, any, any, any that come to mind at all? Oh, terrible. God, y'all have to come back to me on this one. <laughs> so much terrible. Chris? Uh, M.D. Geist is kind of a guilty pleasure, so I'll cop out and use that as my answer. Wow. Because it's so bad that I just have to keep watching to see how bad it is. What they call it? With part one. Part two is just direct to the point on even being fun. <laughs> um, I guess my guilty pleasure. Wow. Um, damn. I, I maybe Luna Varga. <laughs> it's, although it's not really a mecha anime, and it's not the greatest anime out there. I always I get fond memories of watching it because um, it's one of the first subtitle animes I ever saw. Um, that's really the only one I can think of right off the bat. Um, that's pretty much it for me on that question. Oh, geez, suspect me. Um, <laughs> I would say any, you guys will probably hate me for this, any of the Shiro stuff, like the Appleseed oh. and Dominion. Dominion. Like, I'm a huge fan of both the manga, and so every time something, like a new revamp comes out, I'm like, this is going to be the shit. You know? <laughs> I watch the trailers, I'm like, they finally got it right. And every time I hate it. But, oh. uh, but Every time something comes out, I'm like, they got it. This one's going to be perfect, you know? So, yeah, I'm a glutton for punishment with that stuff. At least you have a um, standalone complex. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay, now I do hate you. Oh, my God. 
Well then, <laughs> if, moving if on. I, if I need to go to bed, I'll watch that. Nice. Moving Damn. on. <laughs> Question number five, and this one we'll just answer real quick. Um, have you guys seen the recent comic book movies that have come out the come out this year? Uh, meaning Thor, X Men, First Class. Uh, Green Lantern and Captain America First Avenger. If so, what do you think of each film? Actually, I'd like to um, take time to mention it now. We're actually going to have a Shinjuku station by the uh, at the movies uh, special episode where we go down all the uh, comic book movies that have come out this summer and run down them one by one and, and discuss them all with a, with a panel, including Chris and myself. So um, be on the lookout for that, and we'll we'll give you guys more info on that as soon as the episode drops. Nice cop outs. You're getting you're getting good at it. I know. That's that's I'm, I learned from the best. <laughs> and the final question from the goose is have you guys seen any animated movies from other countries besides the US or Japan? Are there any ones that you like? Um, Chris, any that come to mind? Well, this one uh it's not a movie. I mm. wish it was, but there's this uh great little French animated short called Pirates. Oh. And it's this kind of crazy comedy pirate thing right and it was made by a couple of film students i think but it's got really great animation very fluid very slapstick kind of evocative of old american cartoons and you can find it on youtube it also appears as a little easter egg in heavy rain oh no way when uh you're this dude ethan you can sit down and watch tv in his apartment and one of the things that you can watch is this cartoon which will play on loop in the background whether you're not watch whether you're not watching it or right. if you are so just type in uh on youtube p-y-r-a-t-s pirates and P-Rats. it's only like four or five minutes but it's great and i wish these guys had made a movie out of this if you watch this you'll see why <laughs> no problem well that that uh, i'll have to check that out myself and see what see what that's about um Hiroko, any any thoughts? Anything that you've seen, whether it be a movie or a, a short that you've There's seen? There's a Korean movie. Uh, I think it's uh, my my beautiful girl Mari. That was oh. a pretty good uh, Korean animation. So um, it was really popular too. Yeah, you they, should check it out. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. I I I, I think I've heard of it in passing, but um, I have to check that out also. Whole all right. Well, um, the only thing that comes to my mind is uh, the Triplets of Belleville, and um, I saw that a few years ago, and I thought it was gorgeously animated. It's uh, animated by um, a French uh, director named uh, Sylvain Chaumet, and um, he recently came out with a new movie. He came out with a new movie that I think was nominated for a lot of awards called The Illusionist. It came out uh, not too long ago, and... Not he's, to be confused with the Edward Norton movie. No, not at all. The, this one is an animated movie about a um, a magician who is pretty much he's from the vaudeville era, and the movie itself takes place in the, the mid fifties, where uh, vaudeville is pretty much all but um, all but died out. And uh, he meets a little girl who still believes in magic, and she pretty much travels all of France with him, and still believes in his uh, his ability to entertain people and whatnot. And it's him coming to grips with. Uh, with the fact that you know vaudeville is coming to an end and his way of living is coming to an end too, and um, it's it's bittersweet. But I, I I I all the reviews I've heard of it they say it's, it's pretty nice. But the Triplets of Elville is a gorgeous movie, and um, if you haven't seen it, uh, hopefully it becomes available on Netflix sometime soon. And um, I, I suggest anybody everybody check that out. But um, that brings that question to an end, and those are the ends of the Goose's questions. Um, we have got one last submission here from um, Shinigami New Type. And uh, thank you, Goose, for those questions as well. But Shinigami New Type says, uh, hey, guys, love the show. 
I'm sure you hear that a lot, but oh well. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm just wondering, how long do you guys plan on airing Gundam? I could listen to you guys forever, but I know that cannot be the case. I'm not asking for a specific date or a rough timeline so I can start crying now, as opposed to you guys <laughs> springing it on me in the last episode. Thanks, and keep up the excellent work. Well, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> what the hell kind of question is this? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question, Shinigami New Type, because this, this is the final episode. We don't want to spring it on you guys, but you know that's why Neo's not here. I'm just exactly. kidding. He got fired, and <laughs> it's the end. Everything's burning. <laughs> Man. Um, it, it's, it, in, the, in the podcasting business, it's hard to predict when a show is going to end. Sometimes some people do go out with a lot of, uh, a lot of notice that they're going to stop doing the show because you know they reach that point where their life um, won't allow them to sit down and do it. We haven't reached that point yet. The um, life or the wife? Uh, sometimes the wife, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm lucky because I, I hold a job that I'm off on the weekend, so I'm pretty much free to do Gundam, and we only do it twice a month. So, you know, it allows us to carry on with our lives for the most part. Um, we're all recent, we all went through some transitionary periods in our lives during Gundam. I know I did, and I know Chris is right now. And I know Neo, um, it, it will, you know, eventually. So, you know, it, when, it, when it comes, it comes. We just have to um, deal with it. But I, I'll say this. We'll try to give you guys advance notice if that ever comes about. All good things do come to an end, but I don't foresee it anytime soon, personally. Personally, I, I plan for this show to run 83 episodes. Oh. <laughs> well, then, that's a wrap, gang. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> on some other show. <laughs> yeah, you know this question. It's like, let's think if I said to you, uh, "Hey, buddy, uh, how long are you plan to be on your girlfriend before you dump her?" <laughs> That's a valid question. Well, it depends on what your motives are. <laughs> if you want to get with her, but still, if you were just randomly asking conversation, like, "Hey, uh, when are you divorce your wife?" There. <laughs> it when is. Are gonna, when are you gonna euthanize your dog? <laughs> it's that kind of question, man. It's that kind of question, to be honest. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think he meant to be rude. I, he's no, I know. I'm just saying yeah. that it's it's just unintentionally <laughs> one of those kinds of questions. I mean, we don't know. We don't have a plan. I mean, how do we make the show up as we go along? We don't have. We don't even know what we're going to do the next episode, let alone when the show's going to end. So, <laughs> he's probably been burned by other podcasts because um, I, you know, someone had to turn me on to uh, so a person on um Twitter turned me on to the fact that uh, an the animation podcast. Has, hasn't had a new episode in a while, and yet I was still advertising it. And um, I had no idea. I'd check on it every once in a while, but it had been a few months, and, and that show just came to an abrupt end. So, um, you know, it, it can happen, especially if you do a show by yourself. You might just decide that you're done. But, you know, we've been doing this show almost like a job yeah. um, for the last couple of years. We were pretty organized when it comes to when we're going to sit down and do the show and when we're going to meet up, and if the end is coming, I think it'll be a consensus between the three of us. We'll know and we'll set a date for it. Um, unless something tragic happens and, you know, it has to come to an abrupt end for that, like the end of the world, then, you know, whatever. But <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll say it this way. Uh -huh. We're at 83 episodes. Yeah. We're not going away anytime soon. And the fact that I launched two new podcasts this year alone, mm -hmm. I think says that I'm not getting out of the podcast business anytime soon. I, I I honestly believe it. <laughs> so we're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon, and I think that's the only answer that we can give. Yeah, I I second that I second that emotion. But um, 
It looks like that's the end of the questions. Thank you again for that question, Shinigami New Type. And um, that brings the mailbag to a close. Chris, I hand the mic back to you. All right, we got a couple of topics on tap today. We're going to be talking about Robotech now that Neo isn't here. Silver is going to get out and play with Robotech, but a different kind of discussion that you might expect. Mm-hmm. And then we're getting into some uh, Gundam reminiscing, talking about how we all got into Gundam and how our thoughts and feelings about the franchise have changed over the years. So we're going to be right back with the Robotech topic. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Come back here! I'm not finished with you! Hey guys, I am Sean Ryan, also known as the Grey Ghost. And I am Kevin Gray, also known as the Business and the LLC. And we are Method to Madness! A weekly podcast that cusses and discusses anime and video games. Yes. And other otaku subjects. That That is what we are here for. We are here to rip them up. And sometimes build them up. The shows that we love, the shows that we hate, the shows that we watch so that you wouldn't have to. Go to thegreyghost.net or go check us out on iTunes. With whiskey. <laughs> this is so stupid, but awesome. That's why this is going to be great. Oh. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Was it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears Destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. This is pretty cool. Spill it. Or we take you out in the alley and we knock it out of you. You needed the money, so you killed her. That's not true, goddammit! This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. Welcome back to Protoculture Addicts at MAHQ. I'm just kidding. It's Gundam at MAHQ. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, and um, in this segment, we're going to delve into um, 
a show that is of a historical note. It is actually a, um, a franchise that premiered in the United States in 1985. Um, it is a compilation of three different anime series that, um, uh, that someone had the foresight to, uh, to string into one main uh, storyline, even though in their original format they were all uh, different shows made by the same we're talking about studio. Garbage Pail Kids? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The Garbage Pail Pale Kids and its impact on mecha anime. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Actually, we are talking about Robotech. And it's uh, impact on uh, mecha anime in the United States and just our pretty much our feelings about the franchise and how it impacted all of us. And just uh, some other details about the fandom and the uh, franchise that uh, we'll come across as we go along in this segment. But uh, I'll start with the, the main thing, which is uh, how we were all introduced to Robotech. And um, uh, Hiroko, uh, if you'd like, I, I, you, can, you can wax on that first and okay. foremost. I'll wax off that thing. By all means. You know, I just kind of stumbled onto Robotech uh, as it was on TV because I'm old. Oh. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was really fantastic. You know, I, I also come from the generation that kind of hemmed and hawed about it. But um, for me, I thought it was awesome. So. Wow. And, um, well, uh, Chris, any, uh, any thoughts about your initial um, introduction to uh, Robotech? Mine's actually came much, much later mm -hmm. than for most people, even though I was a child of the 80s. I didn't actually get around to seeing it until 1998 when it was running on Toonami. Right. Back in the old days when Toonami was hosted by Moltor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I watched it. <clears throat> I didn't know anything about it. I happened to catch it during the Macross portion. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the very first episode I happened to catch was the Mars episode. Oh, get out of town. That's cool. Yeah. So I watched this. I was like, oh, my God, what am I watching? This is so awesome. Mm -hmm. And then watched through the whole run of the Macross, got into the Robotech Masters. And I was like, damn it. When are they going to have more episodes with Rick and Lisa? I don't care about these people. <laughs> so I took to the Internet and then I found out that like, oh, it's actually just a slapdash of three anime shows and there is no more with Rick and Lisa and that's not even their names. Damn it. <laughs> it's like um, it's, 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 it's like see, meeting the Wizard of Oz and seeing that he's just a man. The worst is they, they try to tease like you're going to see them again later. Exactly. You know? yeah. Especially during most Peta with uh, Scott just always yeah. babbling on and on and on about Admiral Hunter. <laughs> like, where is like, he? You bastard. You shut up. I know you're telling lies. <laughs> Shut your stupid mouth. He shows up off camera every time. <laughs> uh, Admiral Hunter. Yeah, it, the, there was always a promise of them showing back up, but um, if you didn't know any better, you'd, you'd be totally disappointed by the end of the series. The promise when... was a lie. <laughs> and so was the cake. But <laughs> uh, I guess uh, for me, it was, it's, it's, it's about as storied as uh, Hiroko's. Um, I, I got introduced to Robotech back when it aired uh, in 1985. I was eight years old, and um, I lived in Jacksonville. And I, the first episode I saw was when I woke up one particular morning, and it was on a black and white TV. I, matter of fact, I think wow. I never, I, I never, I never <laughs> saw. I, <laughs> I don't think I ever saw Robotech in color when I was eight years old because of that TV. Um, I woke up one morning, and it was the eighth episode where Rick got his promotion, and he, he got um, uh, and Max and Ben got assigned to him. And um, I woke up right as uh, they called him to go get his promotion. He was chilling in his quarters when he got the um, heard his name over the PA. And uh, he went and um, met up with Roy, and it was just a cool episode overall. I think that was the episode where it was Min May's birthday too, and they 
they all had to scramble to go out and uh, fight as a unit towards the second half of that episode. And it was it was a good introductory episode for Robotech. It's the episode after what Chris had saw in the '90s when it aired on um, Toonami. Um, a little sad story I have for Robotech is um, when I saw from that point on to the end of the Macross saga, and then up to the half of Robotech Masters, where my dad got um, transfer papers to move to Key West. So we moved to Key West, and I was hoping that it would be on syndicated TV there. And the thing about Key West is all the channels come from um, Miami. And Robotech was in syndication, so um, there was a number of syndicated channels in Miami at the time, but the only one we got was the Fox affiliate. So um, that one didn't have Robotech, so I didn't get to watch any more Robotech from the years 1985 to 1989. And I was starved living there. Um, the only way I came across it were the novels. Begging on the streets. Yeah. I was cardboard <laughs> sign. Next to I-95. Need proto-culture. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I had a friend named Robert who was, always bought the comics. And he had never seen one episode of the show, but he fell into it because he used to go to a comic book store in Key West all the time. And he brought back comics of Robotech, and we'd read them. And I, I'd get to relive the Macross saga over again. And um, he started picking up the novels, and I'd read those too. And there was one series I never even knew existed, which was Mospita, uh, our Robotech Master, I'm sorry, um, the New Generation, the third series in the Robotech saga. So I didn't even know that series existed until after I moved to Key West. And the and, damn thing didn't um, even air on Toonami. And it didn't even air on Toonami either. They just really? slept on that entire show. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I only knew it from book form. And uh, eventually a major... Uh, a, a book, a compendium of Robotech called Robotech Art 1 was printed, which had the synopsis of every episode of Robotech, so I could see how the uh, entire series was and see color pictures of the series <laughs> in this book. And no I ha- color pictures on your TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> I have Where you're that- like, oh my god, look how the colors. It's the latest sensation, rocking <laughs> country. <laughs> I have that book to this day as my treasured item. I'm, look- I'm holding it in my hand right now. And it's it's it, it's a it's a it's a treasured part of my um my youth uh, and Robotech really had an impact on me because it it it, it cemented my tastes on what uh, mecha anime should be like and um I can I can definitely say that because of Robotech I fell in love with Gundam many years later and was even introduced to Gundam through Ro- the book Robotech Art One and um we'll get back we'll get into that later on but uh yeah that's my experience with Robotech and uh, I guess what we should go on next is I guess a lot of fans, especially those who um, were older fans back in the 80s when Robotech first aired, kind of looked at it and turned their nose up at it because it was a it was a dub that wasn't very accurate to what the Japanese intended. And combining all those stories kind of made a kind of a cluster F of, of what those original series entailed. You, you've got that contingency where they don't like it because of, of what it is. But um, the original you, hipsters, right? The original hipsters. <laughs> but um the way I look at it is, you know, a show for like that to be on television back at that time was an incredible feat. And um, they even tried to put it out here in its original form in 1984, but that fell flat. And so they had to, they had to do this runabout way of getting all three shows onto television. So um, even though people don't like Carl Masick, uh, uh, there's a huge contingency out there that don't like Carl Masick, the showrunner of Robotech. Rest um, his soul. Rest his soul. Um, I, I really appreciate him. And I told him so when I went to Comic-Con... Uh, 2008 and i saw him there he had a little booth there and i I talked to him for about five to ten minutes and got to talk to him about you know just robotech and all that stuff and i thanked him for it and he gave me a business card and i did and then a year later he passed away so i was i was really fortunate to meet him but yeah um, he said move along son you annoy me get out of my way i got things to do people to see no time for you how do you guys feel about robotech as an adaptation um of its time and do you think that uh that it should be at fault now for bastard uh, for quote unquote bastardizing 
the story from its original shows. I don't hold it against it by purest anime standards now for what it did 26 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, the TV market was very different. The fact was they had to slap dash all of this stuff together to meet syndication rules. And given that they didn't have computer technology to go in and CG things, they did a pretty decent job linking everything up. Yeah. You know, given what they had to work with, like the fact that they had to go in cell by cell and blot out the second sun that was on the planet Gloir on Southern <laughs> Cross to make it Earth. That's true. Or and, second, um, or whatever the hell it was. Second something. Second celestial body of some form mm-hmm. that is not at Earth. <laughs> Although anytime you saw a shot of the planet, they couldn't hide the fact that it wasn't Earth. <laughs> yeah. But, but then uh, there was some BS as well, like, you know, the, the constant mention of the SDF2 that nobody apparently can see. Yeah. It's like, you guys are really reaching there. <laughs> like, oh, it's hit the SDF2. Which SDF2? I only see an SDF1. I just see three mounds of something <laughs> of, um, of, that's supposed to be the remains of Macross City and the, and the failed STF2, supposedly. And um, you just had to accept that those mounds that they showed in, Mac- in uh, Southern Cross were, was the remains of the SDF2 and the SDF1. Yeah, and, and Chiron's ship. And Chiron's ship, and um, instead of or the being fact what that it really everyone, was. everyone disappears, <laughs> which what I thought was amusing was that Robotech killed off characters that survived in Macross. Exactly. <laughs> which was kind of amusing. It's like, it's kind of daring, but also more practically just a way to make sure you don't have to explain where all the people went, like Captain Global. Why, where did he go? He's dead. I got out of there just in time. Where did the bridge bunnies go? They're dead. <laughs> they, they left them. They're buried under that mound with the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of Macross City. <laughs> you know, and you watch these shows. For the most part, Macross and the new generation, they get across most of the same points as their original versions. Mm-hmm. The one that got really chopped up to be almost unrecognizable is Southern Cross, Cross when it became Robotech Masters. Yes, indeed. But... I can't it even remember much, that. Because it's not that good. Oh. <laughs> Either version. And Southern Cross is significant because it had a female lead, which is very rare in mecha anime. Very Especially rare. Especially for, for its time. I mean, Southern Cross was a mediocre show, and it got canceled. Yeah. So what does that say? You know, it got canceled, it got cut in half almost, and they had a very abrupt ending. So that shows through. But Macross, even as part of Robotech, it was a pretty adult story for kids in America at its time. It was. And the new generation part, similarly, is a pretty depressing show <laughs> for both Japanese kids and American kids. <laughs> you know, Earth's been taken over by, by the Invid. They've enslaved humanity. People sell each other out left and right to not piss off the Invid. Mm-hmm. They'll kill each other, you know, for uh, energy and for money and everything. And it's a, kind of a downer of a show for kids to watch in any country. <laughs> I gotta agree. I, although I wasn't exposed to it till I was much older, um, I did. You know, I read the books, and the books um, were pretty grim. I, I've got to note that the books, of course, were written by um, a tag team of authors that they both uh, named themselves as a, as a one, one singular pen name, Jack McKinney, and um, are still to this day my favorite adaptation of the series uh, entirely for Robotech. Although I, I think I, I do enjoy the original for, original versions of those shows more, but yeah, um, uh, freaking the third series, uh, Most Speed or, or the New Generation, that is a dark, dark tale. It 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 has a it has a happy ending though, which is pretty cool. But um, they go through some shit 
throughout that series, and there's no one to back them up but themselves. No army, just ragtag soldiers that are on a mission. And it's it's cool because it's a man on a mission story, which means there's a sense of purpose. But they're up against some insurmountable odds, and that's what makes it such a tough climb and um, a, a tough transition in story when, when they go through the hardships that they do. But um, I, I admire that series for that, especially being on American television in the 80s. That um, that adaptation being there and, and getting away with it, even though it's syndication. So syndication wasn't really policed all that well. There was there were still standards, but you can get away with a lot more in syndication. And I think Robotech took full advantage of that at the time, which I, I think is 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 to its benefit. But um, I guess uh, we should move on to um, the franchise itself and talk about the other spectrum of the franchise where you have um, Robotech diehards who won't even accept the original versions of the shows as having any kind of, uh, or give the credence to those original versions of the, of the shows that Robotech is based on to, um, to Robotech at all. They, uh, they, they, that, they, I didn't even know that existed. It, and it is, it's insane. Oh, they exist, and oh, really? they're alive and well, especially in South America. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, you talk to anybody from South, uh, most of the people in South America, and they don't give any kind of reference or any kind of reference to any Macross series at all, whether it be Macross. I wouldn't say plus, most, but, but uh, a sizable contingent. Yeah, a sizable contingent. It's almost like, it, it, it's almost like blasphemy even to mention Ma- the original version of Macross. Or Macross Two, and if you do, you're just you're just uh, a stupid weeaboo. <laughs> and um, the Macross story holds no bearing at all. They would rather see those series get put into the Robotech universe and get adapted into the Robotech universe in an age where we don't even need to do that anymore. Um, they'd rather see that happen than to give any kind of acknowledgement to their real uncut versions. And um, they're out there. Um, some of them have podcasts. <laughs> yeah, like Doug Bendo. Yeah, and um, he really talks some ignorant shit <laughs> over and over and over again. And, and if, well, if you want, mm-hmm. what do you say about a guy who, on iTunes, his podcast every single review is a one star review? Really? Wow! <laughs> All saying um, a couple of variations on almost the exact same complaint. So what? What do you expect? That's the that's the face of of Robotech fandom. That is the some bad o- side of Robotech fandom. <laughs> that is some old Bull Simpson. <laughs> But yeah, um, I, I, when I, when Chris had told me about him um, back early in the early days of um, Gundam, I didn't even know about him. But when he told me about this guy who preached on um, on how great Robotech is and it's a much better adaptation or a much better story and storyline than anything that Macross has ever produced, I I was taken aback because I had just been exposed to some um, original Macross stories and I had seen Macross Plus years ago and and saw how good that was and Do You Remember Love and how incredible that was but i was finally getting into watching super dimension fortress macross and some of the other and, and some of the other macross series that have come about like zero and I, I couldn't believe that he could be so against what those shows are and um it, it, the fact that they are the it's a real macross storyline and and how he could just be so against it but um uh hiroko how do you feel about macross as a franchise overall yeah uh that's a tough one macross really is my favorite favorite series so um you know from character design to mecha design uh referring to just the original series no i you know i actually really like f f is really up my alley too so um everything in between i don't think should have existed (laughs) but uh wow (laughs) um (laughs) not even plus oh god i hate plus oh Oh, i hate plus (laughs) come on macross without mickey moto 
It yeah. doesn't make sense. But it's a it's a character artist behind uh, Cowboy Bebop and um yeah, and, it makes and, it and worse. Boy. Really? Oh. I love that guy's work. So um, I, 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 we're again of two anyway, minds on Macross this. Macross Frontier <laughs> didn't really. Macross Frontier. I know. The TV but, or didn't really have Mickey Moto either. But mm-hmm. it it totally uh it gave enough props that I was satisfied. You know, total fan service. So. And Mickey, Mickey Moto did do some art for um, Macross Frontier too, too. So I'm not. And he not, did do the character yeah. designs for Macross too. So yeah. Yeah, but that was just I didn't even understand what happened. In that movie. <laughs> I I really <laughs> wanted to like it. I was like, oh, that was great. And then like two weeks later, I was like, yeah, it was it was good. And so my friends were like, you really like that? Are you kidding me? And then I I, I figured out I didn't like it. Oh know? man. I guess you were you were you were um, I you were intoxicated by it at first, and then the um, the the I would guess the buzz wore off, and you saw for what it yeah, was. Yeah, you know the character designs are what really got me into Macross in the first place, not mm-hmm. so much the mecha. So, um, but yeah, I thought the adaptation was pretty good. It was really risque on TV, mm-hmm. especially when you're a kid. You're like, oh my god, should I be watching this? You know. <laughs> And, you know, even just from a romance love story standpoint, mm-hmm. it was pretty complex, you know. It was. It and, was. and being a girl watching that show, not that girls watch romance movies or anything like that, but there are other girls I knew at the time who watched it who otherwise wouldn't have been watching any kind of, like, action show. So, um, and they got into it. So, um, it, it, lay, it had a wide audience. And I thought that was really cool when you're a kid. Uh, that everybody was watching this thing. It was kind of scandalous, and you know. <laughs> and it was uh, it was the first show I ever saw like a a, a reoccurring character die on, yeah. on, on numerous time, on numerous occasion, and, and not come back, and not come back. You know, I, I was used to GI Joe and and Transformers, parachutes, and parachutes, and and did it somebody die in GI Joe finally? Oh, Duke Flint. Well, they, they were gonna kill him in the movie, but then yeah. they realized how traumatized people were by the death of Optimus. Oh, and Transformers, yeah. so they hastily changed it at the end. Oh, okay. I think the closest they got, in, the closest they got in GI Joe was um, there was an alternate universe episode where a character was dead, and that character from the real universe decided to stay in the alternate universe, so they phased him out. Oh, I'm doing that kind of doing that kind of trick while the other Joes went back. But um, they, they, that was the only time I ever saw them acknowledge death in the actual TV show. Oh. But um, it was cool. Yeah, it was it was a trend. It was uh, definitely a. Um, a trendsetter when it came to that, um, and and having having all those adult storylines and and elements in an animated series that was geared for teenagers and kids to watch, and it was it was ahead of its day. Um, of course, in Japan, it was it was another it was just another day at the office. You know, <laughs> there were plenty of shows beforehand that d- tackled adult issues and whatnot, but um, Macross still stood out as being, um, I guess, a show that that handled the love triangle very well. Yeah, in the yeah. mixture of the music. Yes. And, yeah, it was so great. You know. Which uh, I guess we should talk about the um, the musical adaptation that was uh, that was done in Robotech uh, also um, between the uh, the three series, especially Macross and the New Generation. Um, I know Chris is a big fan of uh, Reaper West. <laughs> oh, <laughs> love that bitch! Oh. <laughs> Stage fright, go away! This is my big day. <laughs> but um, yeah, when um, you're, you know when you're a kid, some of those songs are catchy. They were. Uh, <laughs> when you're a kid, you, uh, you, your, your taste in the music hasn't grown all that much. Well, I wasn't and, the kid when I watched oh, it, no, so not at all. I didn't. I didn't have the same patience. <laughs> I think. I think it's a nostalgia factor. And you, know, you know me and nostalgia. You, I, I know you and nostalgia. You're 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 two inseparable lovers. But yes, indeed. 
you know, I, you know something is wrong when you ask yourself, why is um, Stage Fright the theme song to a kung fu movie? <laughs> and that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, wow, they really just could not th- come up with any other song. So they just use stupid freaking Stage Fright as <laughs> the theme song for the Min May and Kyle movie. Yeah, they, 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 they masturbated that song quite a bit in that series, <laughs> especially... That song was a dirty whore by the end of that series, the the amount they masturbated it. (laughs) Absolutely. But, um, yeah, looking back, uh, I mean, as much as I I enjoyed the music as a kid, uh, I I think the score for Robotech is very nice. I I think that uh, Opio Minucci did a really good job with uh, making his own score that transcended upon all three series. But um, when it comes to the adaptation of uh, Min May's music and the other um, other characters that sing in the show, it it kind of fell flat in in comparison to the Japanese versions, especially with um, Maria Jima. Uh, you can't beat her. You can't. She uh she she started a phenomenon when she be, when she was Lindman May in the original Macross, and um she's still awesome to this day. And those songs still resonate when you watch the original Macross. I I, I love the 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 score and the uh, soundtrack for Super Dimension Fortress Macross, and um, I, I, I do listen to it over Robotech all the time, so I've got to I gotta definitely throw that in. But, um, Chris, what are your thoughts on um, the, the, the backlash, I guess, on uh, the Macross series and uh, by, by Robotech diehards? Because I know you have some words to say about that. Right. Well, you know, I, I've seen a couple of things over the years, and there's sort of a theme to the objection that I don't want this to become like Robotech haters bashing. Right. But... I'll try to get through it quickly. One thing I've noticed is that the people who claim that Robotech is so much better than Macross and the other series mm-hmm. is because, and this is the second time we're using this word this episode, oh. because Robotech is much more jingoistic. Oh. <laughs> Man, we're just winning today. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's pretty evident from the adaptation of the show. You know, the, the, like the dialogue, it's much more like American militaryified. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Minmay in the final battle against Zentradi, she's singing a song called We Will Win instead of the original song Love Drifts Away mm-hmm. pretty much gives you an impression of which direction the two adaptations are going. So that's one thing that, you know, one of the, they like Macro, I mean, they like Robotech more because it's more jingoistic. A uh, common complaint I hear, and this is just ridiculous, is that Macross is dumb because music wins wars. <laughs> That's the whole theme of all of it, though. Always been. It's like, okay, maybe it is a dumb idea that music wins wars, but they had that in Robotech, too. So (laughs) where where do you get off knocking it on Macross when Robotech, it had the exact same effect? So that, I think, is pretty freaking stupid. Um, Let's see. Mm -hmm. What else? Yeah, another thing. When people talk about how much they love Robotech... What they really mean to say is how much they love the Macross part of it. Yeah. Because that's, for most people, the most memorable part. Some people talk about New Generation. Mm-hmm. Nobody really talks that much about Robotech Masters. So when you say <laughs> Robotech, just say Macross, the Macross saga, because that's what you really like. And how could you say that the writing of Robotech was better when it was pretty much the same story? Yep. And using, of course, the same animation. So how is Robotech superior when it's based off of the exact same thing. Is it because there's all these like role-playing games and stuff that went their own direction? Or? Mm-hmm. No, it's people just talking about the cartoon itself. Oh. As is that 
the Robotech version is superior. I'm like, but it's almost the exact same story with the exception of like, you know, turning protoculture into 20 different things and splicing in some scenes from Southern Cross. It's pretty much the same story, less unsubtle in some ways, but I don't get how that's, you know, more superior. <laughs> I, I, I don't get how it is either. I mean, I, 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 I like m- many Robotech fans, I'm more of a fan of the Macross saga than any other portion. And um, I, I got to say, you hit the nail on the head with that because uh, it's the longest portion of the show. Those are the characters you get attached to because you're attached, you're introduced to them first and you kind of want to see where they go. And their impact is felt on the rest of the other series because they make rep- people make reference to those characters. And well, that's how they get you to keep watching. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, that's, that, that is the rub. And and um, you got characters like Bowie Grant, who is the, of course, the uh, the nephew of uh, Claudia Grant, and because um, every black person in Robotech has to be a Grant. <laughs> it's like Battlestar Galactica. I'll I'll never I'll never <laughs> get I'll never cease to be amused by this aspect that there are no black people in Robotech at all whose name is not Grant. There was there was Captain um something there was a there was a black captain of one of the one of the um one of the squadrons and I forget his his name escapes me now but yeah um, Captain he, something Captain Black. <laughs> Black. <laughs> what well, you didn't know is mm-hmm. that he's a cousin twice removed of the Grants. <laughs> and the last thing I see, and this comes a lot from the South American fanboys, mm-hmm. is that if you like Macross then you're just being a weeaboo and a Japanese purist. Really? Wow. Idiot. Hey, it's what's not- wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not possible to like both, I you're guess. You're biased. You're Japanese. You don't count. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's pretty silly because, you know, they'll give – I've noticed that a lot of these Robotech hardcore fans who hate Macross, they'll give a pass to plus, but everything else sucks, even Frontier. Right. And I think it's silly. My – my con- my feeling overall, and I've said this before when we've talked about Robotech, is it served a purpose in its time to introduce people to this concept, to these series. But now that you have the original versions available and mm-hmm. you have a franchise that still lives and breathes, which is Macross and is now more popular than it's ever been probably since the 80s, right? why do you want to keep going back to some dead franchise that is just gasping for air? <laughs> and in... 26 years has only managed to produce a badly slapped together movie, mm-hmm. a failed TV show that got turned into a bad movie, uh, a mediocre direct to video movie, and a development hell live action movie. Oh, versus yeah. Macross, which just keeps getting more and more stuff every few years and is much more popular. More which which franchise buy. is better? What, what did you say, Hiroko? More for me to buy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so seriously, it's like, are you are you gonna go with the Olympic athlete or you know the coughing dying old man? Why well, well, vote Ronka? I I've, I've got to go with the coughing dying old man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I know you. I know a small part of you wants to, even if you say otherwise. Well, uh, that 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 brings us a, a little bit to um, one of the spinoff series that you had mentioned, um, the Sentinels, which um, I guess was uh, Harmony Gold's attempt at branching out and creating their own franchise for Robotech. And um, 
continuing the adventures of Rick Hunter and the gang um, in their own version. And um, we, we talked about this before. They got the rights to do it, but they couldn't make the characters look the same um, as before. So they made so, them all hideous looking. Exactly. Yeah, it was uh, Tatsunoko was animating it, right? So they yeah. could just take the license of the mm-hmm. characters. Because so. yeah, Matt, Matt Cross's uh, license has always been screwed up. And <laughs> it's in the hands of many, many different people. So I don't know what they were thinking when they thought they could get that whole hog and, um, and even bring over the, the mecha designs, which is very signature to Macross. You'd expect to see Valkyries in, uh, or Ver- Veritex as they are in the Robotech universe. You expect to see them in a sequel to the Sentinels. And they're referenced, um, and they're talked about, and they're even referenced in the books, which I think is the best adaptation of the story. But yeah, it was, um, it was meant to, they came up with four episodes as a pilot. The pilot failed, and they, they put them into a movie compilation, which was pretty lackluster. There was. Yeah. And then uh, the less said about Robotech 3000, the better. Yeah, yeah. The less we say about that. I, I will say this. Um, when I was growing up, because I was a Robotech star, they did come out with a, uh, a comic book series of Robotech the Sentinels, which was really good. It was by the Waltrip brothers. And um, it was. It, it, I don't know if it ever finished its run, but it was all in manga style, black and white. And um, it really captured what the books had. I think they really used the book as a template for um, Robotech the Sentinels and a, a lot of the adult stories that were um, in the Sentinels um, story. It was just weird to see all these characters reach dark places in the Sentinel story um, when, when you transition from the Macross saga. And um, I thought it had its good points and its bad points. And um, the Sentinels overall, I, I think for any Robotech diehard, uh, it, it's enjoyable. But uh, for those who do enjoy, uh, I guess, just the TV show, and that's it, you may not dig the Sentinels all that much. And then there's Robotech 3000, which we won't talk about because it's total trash. <laughs> Is that the um, Megazone? Megazone? No. no. This was uh, a really, really bad like CG pilot film that they made back in like 2000. Mm-hmm. They were trying to go for like you know the reboot Beast Wars style of doing all CG. Exactly. But it was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> it looked worse. I mean, this was made in 2000, circa. Right. <laughs> it looked worse than the animation from the first seasons of Beast Wars and reboot. Which is inexcusable. <laughs> that, how, that, so mm-hmm. how did they release the Megazone movie here? What did they, they call didn't. it? They uh, did. Robotech the movie. Oh, okay. Which we should also touch upon. Um, it was supposed to be an adaptation of Megazone 23, um, put into a, a, another kind of a continuing story of Robotech. With random uh, crap from Southern Cross thrown in. Yes. Uh, leftovers, uh, leftover scenes that were cut out of Southern Cross were going to be thrown into this. Does and, that and edit exist? Went- it does. You can find it uh, surreptitiously on the internet. It's never been officially released. Oh, no. Man. And it is god-awful because I've seen it, and they chopped up Megazone's story so bad. They have scenes out of order. They changed all the characters' names. It makes no sense whatsoever. They throw in this Southern Cross footage that doesn't match because it's TV, low quality. Mm-hmm. You know, They did all this stuff like uh, they made BD some, like, alien replicant by the Robotech masters. And <laughs> then they animated this new sequence after Megazone ends where Shogo or, like, say, Brian or whatever the whole kind of American name they gave him magically gets some new transforming plane and flies to the airport because they actually play <laughs> Megazone straight and it's not a city in space. It's an actual city on Earth. 
Right. So he's there at the airport, and Brian, or whoever he is, beats that's up the BD stuff, with his That's the new... stuff they show in the footage that came with Megazone 2, right? Yeah, as a bonus. Just like, hey, look at okay. this dumb yeah, thing yeah, we yeah. made for the Americans. I see. Which, a couple of years ago, some idiot on Mechacock kept trying to insist that I did not review the opening to Megazone 23 Part 2, and that really? my review was incomplete, and that uh, I should know better, and I should update it. And no matter how many times I and other people explained to him that he was wrong. He kept insisting that I was wrong. Oh, what? It's 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 so stupid. If you actually go to Mega Talk and you search Megazone, you can find that thread. It's from maybe three years ago. I've it's a kind of that. it's <laughs> it's a sad and fun read at the same time. Oh wow, I've got to check that out. <laughs> that, that is ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's, anyway. that's Robotech the movie in a nutshell. Um, it was it's supposed to I think come out in um, 1986 or seven when a lot of um a lot of uh TV an- animated TV shows were transitioning to the theater. I guess Harmony Nagol thought it was going to be a um a great way to uh to expand Robotech into the Except theater. Except that it sucked. And it I'll sucked. have to find it. It sucks some balls. But um <laughs> I mean at least Robot at least the T V show made a decent adaptation out of yeah. the anime that it was based on. This was just like so chopped up, so bad, it made no sense whatsoever that it, it's an embarrassment. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't see how anyone could want to put their name on this. It's that bad. Wow. I'm excited. <laughs> Never mind the fact that it shits on Megazone 23, which is Ooh. one of my favorite OAVs from the 80s. That's what's up. Dude it all over it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a damn shame um, that they, they brought that out and thought that would actually um, make it. But um, Well, thankfully, someone decided we can't, we can't release this direct to the theater, so that, that was canceled and never happened. And, and props to ADV for bringing out the real Megazone 23 here and um, while they were still around. But um, talking about uh, Harmony Gold, we might as well get into the subject of the company itself and uh, wax a little bit about um, them as a company and uh, the uh, the the I guess their hand in stopping from uh, stopping other macro series from coming to you and, um, reaching worldwide. And um, I know that uh, they were pretty much the the company that brought Robotech over here and Carl Masick worked for them at the time before he branched out and uh, went to uh, what was it Streamline uh, Streamline Stream- Pictures. Yep, and and. Uh, adapted a, a whole lot of um, other animes um, since then. But um, yeah, at, at first they were doing good work. They um, they put out Robotech. They put a show on TV that um, had very little chance of succeeding, although it was in the mid-80s where a lot of transforming mecha shows were, or mecha, transforming uh, robot shows were, were taking off on television. But um, they took a chance and it worked out pretty well for Robotech. I don't think it was an a overnight sensation, but it took time and it built up a fan base over time. And um, I, they, they were instrumental in um, getting Robotech back on TV when um, the Sci-Fi Channel in the early 90s put it back on um, on, as a part of their uh, morning block of shows and then later on on Toonami, as Chris mentioned. And finally, we saw it on DVD when ADV joined uh, joined up with Harmony Gold to put that out on DVD in many different incarnations. But... But, um, Don't forget that Animigo did it first. Yes, indeed. Animigo, Animigo did. Did they put out Robotech or was it uh, Super Dimension Fortress Macross? They were only just Macross. Out. Yeah, and they were putting them out on expensive ass videotapes, and then um, later on on expensive DVD box sets. And um, actually, they never released it on video. They never tape. did. Oh, they were wow. going to it and canceled it and made it DVD only. Oh wow! I just assumed I, I made an ass out of myself. Nice. Exactly. Nice. And <laughs> as I've mentioned in the past, I am still one of the proud owners of that first box set. 
Damn, dude. Worth every single penny of the $250 I paid for it. Wow. Damn, you paid a king's ransom, Jack, man. Damn. Damn. Hope, hope it came with a golden crown. <laughs> These are VHS tapes? No. No, it, DVD. Oh. DVDs. Okay. I, I will say those the, the box sets were gorgeous from Anime Ego. I, I got to say that were very gorgeous um, in comparison to the, um, the AVD, a, a, ADV re-release of um, Super Dimension Fortress Macross. I, I, I prefer the design of the um, the box sets that they did for um, Macross. But yeah, um, in, in its later... In, Harmony Gold's later years, as an attempt to, uh, uh, to to bolster Robotech's popularity and downplay Macross's, I guess they've had an active role in stopping Macross from branching out with his other series out in the Americas and um, other other countries. Like uh, they weren't able to stop Macross Plus, and they weren't able to stop Macross Two. But um, all the at other the time series- that company was on life support, and yep. if you don't if you don't fight to defend your trademarks and your copyrights you can't do anything about it once somebody does something else yes so it wasn't until after those things were released that they started to get serious about this Mm -hmm. uh we saw things happen like way back in say 1999 bandai had planned to release macross vfx2 here on the playstation one which was a great game game. for its time it's a great game great i mean they had in the playstation magazine they had demos with the first level of the game in English, it was I ready to that. go. And then it just mysteriously was canceled for no reason whatsoever. Terrible. And the scuttlebutt that I'd always heard, and I mean, who knows, because it's the internet, was that somehow Harmony Gold, you know, cock-blocked or wanted a cut of the money or whatever, and then Bandai canceled it. What we do know is that Harmony Gold has done stuff in the past, like send cease and desists to comic and hobby shops that sell Macross stuff. Wow. Really? Holy yeah. shit. I don't know specifically, you know, to what extent they've tried to block releases of Macross stuff here. There is this story that a few years ago they approached ADV about releasing Zero, but I don't know how true or untrue that is, so mm-hmm. I don't want to speculate. Did you guys like Zero? It started off good, I thought, but then it just got kind of crappy. Yeah, it just just it, it it did degrade over over the episodes it ran. It degenerated due to Shoji Kawamori's uh, hippiness. Oh, you had to go there. Yep, <laughs> damn tree hugger. Well, we're gonna I, talk. Go ahead. I I gotta say though, you know, when I watched uh, Harmony Gold's Captain Harlock, Queen of a Thousand Years, mm-hmm. when they put Queen Millennium and Harlock together, I didn't oh, wow. know they were two separate series until way later. So oh. that was actually integrated pretty well for me, you know. Well, they're both that's, Matsumoto, so yeah. that's, that's pretty <laughs> obvious. I mean, just by looks alone and the fact that they're like sort of space-based stuff, you can conceivably get something out of that. But what I wonder is these days, is there anything else Harmony Gold does other than Robotech? Is this just the one cash cow that they're desperately trying to live off of? That's pretty much it. I mean, it's not the same It's not the same um, uh, marketplace anymore. Um, they, they, they don't bring over other animes and, and put them out on television or DVD or, or try to adapt anything. They pretty much when, when Robotech reached, uh, I guess when it had its resurgence in the late surgeons in the late 90s they just rode that wave and tried to keep that keep that wave going for the next couple of years until i guess now it's kind of dying out because of that uh the fact that nothing new robotech has come out in the last couple of years but yeah um that's all they've been doing is trying to keep that that movement alive and isn't he isn't he the same guy that brought out power rangers or is that somebody else that's haim saban 
And um, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, but but no, you know, Heim Saban actually did. The Saban company actually also was in the same business Harmony Gold was back in the day. They brought a lot of shows, anime shows here to the states, but they branched out and did a lot of shit. They even brought out, of course, the Power Rangers series, and they made a, a boatload of money off of that. And so I guess it got sold to four kids. But yeah, Saban was at least smart. You know, he he brought over a lot of shows and and worked with a lot of networks to get his his stuff going. Well, Harmony Gold really didn't do much besides Robotech. They and, pretty much faded away until the late 90s it seems like yeah after robotech they just they were just barely getting by you never heard of anything that they did regarding anime or animation and suddenly they just got into this robotech revival and they just have not let go ever since then i mean they they were doing a good job of it i mean they were branching out not only to uh ovas and putting robotech back out there on dvd but they also had comic books going and new books being written and they were trying to really make the most of it but eventually it fell flat i guess it reached its pinnacle height when they announced a live action movie and that um they had investors who were willing to back it up like toby Maguire, and he wanted to to, to lead in it but i I guess toby Maguire hasn't done much since yeah and that movie is where exactly it's in the garbage can (laughs) <laughs> and that that was going to be a Harmony Gold production. Yeah, they were going to have they were going to they were going to at least get money from it, and and I guess they were producing it to some degree, so they were involved with its development. And and how many years was Shadow Chronicles delayed? Oh my God! And and there was supposed to be a new Shadow Chronicles. That yeah, was supposed where's to be where's where's uh, where's that uh, Shadow Rising? It was it was announced, you know, like a gazillion years ago. It's vaporware. Again, you know, these guys are like they're like 3D realms. They just yeah. keep throwing out all this vaporware when there's a viable franchise out there that they could be involved with rather than hinder. And let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Matt Cross has its issues getting over here. Yeah. You know, the rice issues, do you remember, love, that Robert Woodhead from Animigo once told me, nobody knows who has the rights to that movie. Good Lord. <laughs> Matt, mind you, I asked him this 10 years ago, but I don't doubt that the situation remains exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Because Harmony Gold did not release, do you remember, love, which, of course, was released here as Clash of the Bionoids in various cut and uncut versions. So there's a whole mess right there. Manga has barely touched their stuff since then. They have not released you know, remastered versions of Plus or Two, even though those versions exist in Japan, possibly to avoid trouble with Harmony Gold. Mm-hmm. We never got Seven, but I've heard for years and years that Seven, because its music rights are completely separate from Ooh. the anime, mm-hmm. would just be financially unviable and i'm sure the exact same applies with frontier yeah i'm pretty sure it does but um yeah uh um yeah macross is it's 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 a hard show to 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 license and localize i I would i would say the only way that they could probably do it is if harmony gold didn't stand in the way and they've acted if they proactively set it up so that it would release simultaneously in um in countries when it came out and it, it's I, such a cash cow in japan though i'm sure yeah. you'd have to pay so much to get it you know? yeah. but better better to try to ape off of them than your vaporware franchise that doesn't work what i would say to uh, harmony gold is the advice that wu-tang financial gives out yes diversify <laughs> your funds bitch <laughs> absolutely I mean, seriously, I mean, Harmony Gold, they really need to start exploring other things other than just Robotech and trying mm-hmm. to live off of this one cash cow because, you know, how far can your cash cow take you if that cash cow is vaporware? Yeah, not very far from what we've seen. <laughs> not very far. Why not work with some of these other companies to, you know, get these old Robotech things back in print, their original versions, because, you know, those versions of Macross and Southern Cross and most beta are all out of print 
and I don't think that Section 23 or Sentai or whoever the hell is re-releasing them. Mm-hmm. Why not get those out there? Why not work with manga and get new remastered versions of Plus and 2 out there at least? And since I imagine the music rights wouldn't be a bitch for this, have somebody release Zero. Yeah, because there's, there's only a few songs in there to begin with. So it, you know, it wouldn't cost a lot to, to bring that over here in comparison to the TV shows. But um, it, it, I, I don't know. I, I wish that Harmony Gold would just you know step out the way and, 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 and at least let those versions of Macross come out there and, and stretch their legs and introduce people to the, the uncut version of those, um, of those series and, and show that there's a, a life after Robotech. Because, as you know, Robotech's going nowhere. and all hey, these we're, we're, get, we're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I would say not even step out of the way. Just be cooperative rather yeah. than obstructive. Yes, absolutely. It's, it, it's you know, Robotech right now is not really making much moves, and and maybe if you if if, if Harmony Gold was um, cooperative, maybe they would get something out of it, like um, a renewal of, of 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 Robotech in some way, shape, or form, or or work together with someone who is competent to to make an animated series or or or, or an OVA that is actually really good and. Um, you know, not not put out a rushed production that you know just appeals it is to no mediocre. one. Mediocre, absolutely. And look at all of the other merchandising opportunities they're missing out on. I mean, when the hell was the last time we had a Robotech video game? I believe it was the most PETA-based FPS on original Xbox. Yeah, and that was something horrible. like seven years ago. Ooh. You know, and how many Macross games have there been since then? Zero. <laughs> oh no, no I mean, I'm sorry. Japan. Oh, Macross. I'm sorry. Yeah, Macross games in Japan, many. Many, many. many. A lot of them pretty well received, including, of course, uh, back in its day, the Macross PS2 game that was made by Sega. Yeah. By oh, AM2, AM2, no less. Yeah, that was such yes. a good game. That game was incredible, man. I love that game. I remember playing it a few uh, when, it, when it first came out. I played the import. And, um, that I never, opening... had, never had the, uh, the pleasure. Unfortunately, oh. I didn't have the displeasure of playing the god-awful... Uh, computer game Macross VO, oh, along God. with the god-awful Dreamcast game M3. M3 was pretty bad, but yeah, the, the, the second But at game... least there was VFX2 and now more recently the Frontier games on PSP. Mm-hmm. The PS3 games are good, too. Plus their involvement in, in crossovers like Super Robot Wars too, man. Macross is alive and well in Japan. Another Centuries episode? Yeah, another Centuries episode also. Absolutely, man. Man, it gets me excited just to see those games, man. But um, yeah, All the stuff out there that we'll never get over here legally. I, I guess when it comes down to it, Robotech was definitely a product of its era. Um, and it's something that I'm very grateful for as a franchise when it comes to um, showing... Um, helping me build my taste in mecha anime I, I think it's the core element as to why i'm into gundam today uh and um my thoughts on the matter is uh it was an element of its time i treasure it personally because of my experience with it and um i think that uh it, it, it its future is 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 shady at best and um maybe it's it's time that the franchise just come to a some to come to a halt or they just take whatever material they made with it made for it and um just just i guess milk that until it eventually fades out but um what are you guys closing thoughts on the matter it's awesome <laughs> that'll work and chris um what are your closing thoughts on uh, robotech as a whole well contrary to what some people might think i don't hate it mm-hmm. i enjoyed it when i watched it it was my first exposure to all these shows until many years later i got to see the original versions so i appreciate it for what it did you know, it was good for its time, and it's still the original, still holds up 
pretty well, but it served a purpose back then that is no longer needed now, and I just don't see this franchise having a future. Well, it looks like um, looks like that is a uh, that is your thoughts on Robotech, and that brings this segment to a close. We'll be back with more Gundam at MH. Don't hate me for trying to shoot you. Frankly, Scarlet, I didn't give a gun damn. If you're into sports, working out, or just need a new pair of shoes, and you're a proud listener of Gundam at MAHQ, well, we got the thing for you. If you go to Gundam.net, you can click on the Champs banner and receive 10% off a $50 or more purchase by entering the code AFMAHQCH or 15% off of a $75 or more purchase using the code AFGUNDCH. If you're a fan of the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college sports, or even stuff like Major League Soccer and a lot of your uh, premiership soccer jerseys, definitely go to champsports.com for all those needs and also visit them because they have some great deals on footwear and other products. We, the hosts of Gundam at MHQ, visit champsports.com for all of our footwear and sporting good needs. You should, too. What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? Who doesn't want to spin around, glow, and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my wait, Charmander. Wait. Anonymous. Yes. I'm eating a sandwich <laughs> calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every goddamn word I have to say! This segment of Gundam at MHQ is sponsored by Champ Sports. All right, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. We're moving from Robotech to Gundam now for a slightly different topic than what we've normally done. I would sort of call this Gundam Reminiscences. Sis. Reminisci. Yes, Reminisci, where we'll talk very briefly about each of our introductions to the Gundam franchise and how our thoughts about the franchise have changed over the years, so we'll break that up into two parts. 
And I'll kick it over to you first, Hiroko. Why don't you tell us how you were originally introduced to Gundam? Well, uh, being Japanese, I don't think there's a way you can avoid Gundam. It's it's everywhere. Um, you know, when I first got into the show, I think um, I think I got a toy of the little what's the little round dude that flies around, green green pod thing. Oh, oh, oh the uh, Magella attack. No, the little. Oh, the uh, the dock. A little flying, a little reconnaissance plane? No. Uh, it's this little, like, buddy robot that goes around with them. Mm, I'll look it up. Anyways, <laughs> I got a toy of that, and then, um, let's see. I was not that into Gundam. I knew about it, was familiar with Zaku's and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then um, I saw Char's Counterattack, and that's when I really got into it. Oh, um, man. And then I started going backwards from there to catch up. Um, and then um, I think I stopped liking Gundam or stopped really being into Gundam right around F91 was when I started to kind of check out. Oh. But, I, but I kept in. Um, I really liked some of the manga and I liked the 0080 series. So not a huge Gundam fan. More of like I really like collecting the, the, the model kits. So. All right, Solbro, what was your introduction to Gundam? Well, um, subconsciously, I guess, uh, we, we talked about Robotech earlier. Um, I had mentioned a book called Robotech R1, and in the back of it, it actually breaks down um, the history of anime and uh, talks about a lot of uh, sci-fi anime that came out in Japan that was prior and an influence on uh, Super Dimension Fortress Macross and the other series that comprised Robotech. And they, show, they showed a little picture, and there's only one little picture in the book of uh, Char Aznable, and they have a caption next to it um, that talks about Mobile Suit Gundam. And it says here, uh, from the book, just in, in this paragraph, it says, Hot on the heels of uh, Space Cruiser Yamato, the, the boom of, came another uh, milestone of SF anime, 1979's Mobile Suit Gundam. Before this aired, giant robots have been portrayed as sort of cast iron characters, rarely sentient, but embodying nobility, honor, and all righteous requ- requisites every good, um, every good defender of justice requires. In Gundam, however, robots were established as high-tech battle machines that the heroes or villains just happen to use as weaponry, not for transportation. And uh, it goes on. But uh, that was my first exposure to Gundam. And I always heard about it throughout the years, going through the 90s. Um, I'd collect uh, gaming magazines that had little little advertisements for hobby, st- hobby shops at the back that would show models and, and, and screenshots of the shows and, and offer um, the show on tape. Uh, bootleg, of course. But, <laughs> but um, I, I always had an interest in seeing it. And I know that um, when I was in high school, someone let me borrow Gundam 0083, the first couple of episodes, subtitled. And I watched it, and I didn't really get it or feel it all that much. Because um, I, I knew that there was a history behind this, and there were things I should have known that I felt outside of. So I, I watched it, and I, I thought it was cool looking, but wasn't really feeling all that much. And then um, in the 90s, late 90s, we all are familiar with Tsunami. They aired Gundam Wing, and that's when I got into uh, Gundam Whole Hog. I, I, I watched the show, and I finally got a taste of what, what, what Gundam was about, and it planted the seed um, for me wanting to seek out other Gundam series and check those out. And um, when Gundam, Mobile Gundam aired later in the early 2000s, um, that was it. I was, I was hooked from there on out. But uh, that was my first exposure to Gundam. Well, for me, it was kind of like Hiroko. I was aware of it before I got into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I had seen Gundam referenced in, say, weird places. Like I had Venus Wars on videotape, which, of course, was directed by Yaz, and it boasted on the back, you know, uh, directed by Yoshikazu Yasuhiko from 
Japan's famous Gundam series. <laughs> it's like, why are you advertising something that's not even available here as a reason that I should buy this other thing? Didn't make much sense back then. <laughs> right. And of course, you know, I used to visit comic shops to buy, you know, comics and magic cards and crap, and I would see Gundam model kits, and I knew that it was just this ridiculously large, long-running franchise, but I didn't know much more beyond that. Mm-hmm. So then circa late 98, Bandai decided to enter the American market with a label called Anime Village. Oh, yeah. Where they released subtitled VHS tapes in these white clamshell cases. Mm-hmm. Not like the cheap ones that Disney used, but like actual good quality plastic. Right. And they were nice looking. You know, the, the art was like a sleeve, like, say, DVD or Blu-ray, and they came in these sturdy cases and they kind of stuck out. Right. So one of the first things they released was the original Gundam trilogy. And as a promotion, right when it came out, they were selling all of their tapes for 10 bucks. Oh, wow. Which you know is a steal because back in those days, subtitled VHS tapes were always $30. Yes, yes, they were. So for the price of one tape, you could get all three of these movies. And a friend of mine... Um, we worked in a mall together at Suncoast. Just bought them on a whim because they were so cheap. <laughs> it was basically three for one. Right. So he hadn't watched them yet. And I said, hey, man, let me, let me borrow that shit. <laughs> so I popped it in and I was like, holy crap. Because this movie trilogy was what I was looking for. Because mm-hmm. to put some context in for these young whippersnappers and Sobro, you'll understand what I'm talking about here. All right. And Hiroko as well. The anime market in the late 90s in America was completely different. It was yeah. so small. It was so limited. It was basically just tits and gore. Yeah. That's almost all that we were limited to. The ultra-violent Japanimation. Yeah. There were, there were only it's a got few. nudity. It's not for kids. <laughs> there were only a few publishers at the time that were trying to put out some different stuff like Pioneer. And I, I, that's really the only yeah. one I could think of that was, was not trying to put ultra-violence out there. And, and charge double than everyone else. Oh, God. El Hussar cost me a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> so you did have some variety, like, in the stuff that Animigo was putting out, uh, Central Park Media. Mm-hmm. But most of it was like people like manga, and they're like, yeah, ultraviolence, ninja scroll, yeah. <laughs> get your exploding body parts in here, have some tits, yeah. Watch this dude get disemboweled. Yeah, it's awesome. It's not for kids. <laughs> Did we mention it's not for kids? Because it's not for kids. <laughs> Japanimation, straight from Japan. We can't be more clear. <laughs> yeah, it's not for kids. <laughs> and I was tired of that stuff. You know, I enjoyed what I watched, but I wanted something more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Gundam trilogy did for me early on in very early 1999. And from that point, I was hooked. So I started reading about stuff when um, they created Bandai Entertainment. This was a very weird thing. Bandai creates Bandai Entertainment. So yeah. they had Bandai Entertainment releasing the dubbed versions of stuff. And they had Anime Village for a while releasing the subtitled versions. It was very bizarre. Yeah, it was. And then eventually they phased it all out when they got into DVDs and the Anime Village label went away. Mm-hmm. So I bought Gundam 0080 dubbed on tape because back in those days, as you remember, also dubbed tapes were always cheaper. Yeah. They were yeah, 20 bucks worse. instead of 30 So that's why most of my anime collection at the time was dubbed because I was a poor high school and college student. <laughs> So economics demanded that I buy what was cheaper, and that was dubbed. Mm-hmm. 
So I started watching 0080, and I was like, oh, my God, this is just as awesome, and oh my, I need more. <laughs> and Mickey Moto. And Mickey Moto, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and, and burgers. And burgers. <laughs> Bernie burgers. Oh, Bernie. Oh, Bernie. So those were my first exposures, and then Wayne came along. I was like, oh, well, this is kind of different and not exactly what I wanted. And then <laughs> that's when I started diving into the gray market of with Zeta and Char's Counterattack and Double Zeta and F91, 8th MS Team, Double 83, all of this stuff. And here I am today, 12 years later. <laughs> so now that we've got that part out of the way, I want to move into the next part, which is how our thoughts about the franchise have changed over time. So, Hiroko, we'll kick it to you again first. From okay. the time that you first got into Gundam to now, how has your thinking about the franchise, your feelings well, about it changed? Well, it, be- before I mention that, the toy is Haro, the little companion. Oh, well, he was yellow, not green. He's yellow oh, he? green. He's kind of both. <laughs> okay, I thought mine's yellow green. Shirt. He's pea green. P-green. There you go, P-green. So and, regu- Har- and regulation size. Haro is how I got into Gundam. Nice. In short. Um, how do I view the series now? Um, really, you know, Unicorn has changed things for me because I was Ooh. completely hated. I wouldn't say I hated. Gundam turned into buying model kits for me, right? Because I obsessively buy toys. I can't mm-hmm. help it. So if I go and I see an amazing looking Gundam kit, I don't know anything about it. I'll still buy it, right? Um, right. I'll usually pick it up if it's uh, RX2, no matter what. But if it's any of the ones, and they look nice, so it just became kind of collecting models and toys. Um, and you know, I wasn't familiar with how the storyline kind of diverged after Shar's counterattack. I was like, "Whoa, they keep going back!" And who, who the hell are we talking about here? Because the story had always been about uh, Amaru and Shar for me, right? And once it went off that point. I didn't. I didn't even know what what the story should be about anymore. So, mm. um, so reintroducing kind of the timeline, talking about you know the return of Shar and all that. Unicorn got me really excited again about Gundam, and uh, it looks great. Um, all these kind of like wing and these super super um, humanoid kind of Gundam things really kind of turned me off, and they thought. It really went against the whole idea of the series, which was about these, like, the, the focus was not on the mecha, you know? It was about the, the individuals and the war. And I think um, the, the later series became a lot focused on mecha. And um, Unicorn became this big political shitstorm again. So uh-huh. I really like it, you know? So that's Have you been that. watching Unicorn as it comes out? Yeah, I'm waiting. Is four out yet? Oh no. Uh, no! No, it comes yeah, okay. out in in December, as we said I, at the news. I re- oh sorry, <laughs> that's okay. You guys have no idea what my life. Is. <laughs> I watched my favorite MMA fighter get knocked out last night. So oh it's no, it's really sad. <laughs> hey, I watched um, I watched I watched some of my favorite street fighters get knocked out of their pools and Evo oh, last night. So, poor you know, baby. Oh, I know. Cry me, cry me a river. <laughs> hey, I shed some tears. Evo two K two. He go two K eleven. Um, it's, a good, read, it's a good thing Neo's not here. Oh, I know he'd to respond me. to that statement. He would he, just stop this train <laughs> on its tracks and just tear you to shreds. That's what episode eighty four is for. <laughs> Maybe he'll bring it up anyway after he listens to this. I don't know. No doubt. No I, doubt. I read a synopsis of episode four that was flitting around, so pretty Ooh. excited. Spoilers. <laughs> I'm a spoiler. Oh man, I've, I've been. I avoid him. I avoid him with the by the with the plague. 
everyone I mean, dies. Like they're, like they're the plague. <laughs> it becomes a new type ghost. Ooh. I I have so many video games and anime series. I'm still behind on reviewing. Um, so I I try to cut corners where I can. There you go. There you go. That's the spirit. So yeah, a, unicorn good. So now that a new Gundam show has been announced and a lot of um, scorn has been directed for it for being kitty oriented what do you think of Gundam Age? Have you seen any of the mobile suits or characters and what I, do you think of that? I think, I think it looks, it's cute. You know, I can see, I, you guys like Wing, right? I kind of thought of Wing as a kid show, so, um, but I didn't watch it. So I'm not going to criticize it too much. So I think it's kind of a good thing like that, but the... The main mobile suit really looks horrible. You know, it's Ooh. it's just uh, it's too simplified for my taste. Did I did I just make two enemies? I'm sorry. No, no, but it's no, just no sort not of, at all. Not it's at your all. typical, as it, as is the case with these uh, spinoffs. It's your typical um, RX seventy eight influenced starter suit. It is. You know, it's mean, got it's got the the red, white, the blue, the yellow, the shield, just, the beam rifle, just all of the same kind of parts in the same places with some RX seventy eight two perfection. Don't mess with it. You know, <laughs> can't can't rebuild the Model T. <laughs> Perfect. Just keep remaking it. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> so bro, tell tell Bandai that since for the past thirty two years they've been redoing the RX seventy eight like every year or two. Oh man, unlike it's like <laughs> it's almost like the nine eleven from Porsche. <laughs> they remake the same car every year. <laughs> it's just like even the age. There's a few, you know. There's different um, drawings that have been. Some of them they mm-hmm. draw it pretty nicely. Like the way they're scaling it, but some of them they're just off. And what's with a big hole in the chest? And oh well, yeah, it's like something to punch. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like here's my weak spot. Shoot it, please. <laughs> but, and it, the character designs just kill me. Like I oh. I don't get those guys over the mecha. It's for kids. That's why. Oh. The the models look great. It's just the drawings for the animation look totally funky. Like it's it looks like the female Gundam. You know, yeah, it, it, it does have a, a, a svelte quality to it. Um, I, I, I guess I'm middle of the road when it comes to the design of the uh, of the age itself. Um, I, I don't hate it, but um, I, I've got to see it in action. And we I've already know to... what you think about age. So, well, well that... bloody hell. <laughs> I just so want to get different. Hiroko's opinion, not talk about Gundam age all over again. Well, but every I... every image is different that I see of it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's completely completely drawn and maybe i'm looking at fan art or something probably looking at fan art because the official illustrations have all been consistent all right okay well awesome so uh hiroko now that um unicorn has sort of reignited your interest in gundam do you find yourself like maybe wanting to go back and give those shows that you skipped a chance or Uh, just kind of stick with where it is now i think i need to finish off double eighty three um have do you guys read the um well, what's that manga series? Uh, it's like French, the name. Oh, Nicole yeah. De Ciel. Nicole De Ciel, yes. Yeah. Oh, I really like that series. Did you guys like that one? Well, it's yes. Mikimoto. How, how can yeah. we not? <laughs> <laughs> how could, I'm surprised you're reading a manga by Mikimoto. Oh, Shocker. <laughs> um, I don't think I could watch Wing. Um, I, you know, for me, character design is such a big thing. Mm-hmm. And everyone just looks so, like, wild and crazy guy in it. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's not my thing. So. I think Wing was a real great series to start with. I mean, it, we always joke about it being um, Gundam, uh, I guess, Gundam abridged, almost, mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of elements from UC and puts it in there. Um, looking back, I, I think it's a great series for people to start with, but it's not my favorite series by far. 
And um, I, I know you guys are like how awesome the Epion mech is and all this stuff. So, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I should give it a chance. But... Well, Epion's not my favorite thing. No. I mean, it's oh, okay. just, yeah, it's, it's evil and it's red and it turns into a dragon, but it's not my favorite Gundam. The Frost, okay. the Frost Brothers from X had cooler, cooler, cooler suits, to be honest with you. Uh, at least to me, anyway. But, but now at the ripoff. <laughs> did you guys like F91? Ooh. I did, uh, despite the story being kind of lacking since it was compressed into a movie rather than a TV show. Yeah. It's enjoyable despite its flaws. I love the design of the F-91. I mean, hell, that's why I got the, the Damashi and it's sitting on my desk right now. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I like F-91 too. Um, I, I can't say it's perfect. Uh, I, I, I think I'd have more fun reading the novel. <laughs> than I would watching the show because it skipped so much. Uh, watching the movie because um, so, so many details and plot elements are left out and left to us to to assume. But F nine one is it's okay. I think I paid a hundred fifty or something for the laser disc when that came out. Oh and, god! And, no. and like I bought it the day it came out, and so I was so pissed. I was like, I hate this thing. You were expecting another Shars counterattack. That's what you were expecting, right? <laughs> I really like when the lady gets crushed with the uh, bullet Ooh. casing. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. That, that was pretty rough. Uh, good old mother and child. <laughs> mother and child. Not one to last in Gundam. <laughs> so you're, you're kind of an interesting case in that, Hiroko, because there are, I know, lots of people who they like Gundam model kits but were never into the shows or the manga or the games or anything. Mm-hmm. People who have gotten into the anime and then gotten into the kits or not gotten into the kits at all. I don't think I've ever run across people who got into the anime, stopped with the anime, but then kept going with the kits. I gotta spend money. That's like my thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, hate, you hate money, basically. Yeah. Get out of my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a great, uh, there's a great image macro that I think sums up your attitude with uh, Fry from uh, Futurama, where he's holding out a bunch of uh, money out of his wallet, and and it says, "Shut up and take my money." <laughs> You know, I, it's I the just, truth. I think it's I think it's a great hobby. You know, it's, it's I love it. And it's, so does Bandai. Yeah, yeah. they <laughs> love me. <laughs> As a hobby, it's taken a life of its own. It's a it's it's its own segmented thing, man. Um, model building. As Chris said, we know people who don't even watch the show, but they love building the suits. And um, yeah, it's 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 a sight to behold. I mean, I, even to the point that uh, Bandai takes it so seriously. I I saw photos of their um processing plant where they make the uh the model where they I guess where they they make the model kits to sell, and everybody there wears Federation uniforms. Man, that's kind of cool. <laughs> That's kind of creepy. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 to go to work in a Federation uniform, that, that, I, I guess it's creepy, but I think it's a little cool at the same time. I do anyway. And, you know, the game, I think the arcade games are fun. Have, like, a, the virtual combat game. Yes. You know, Akihabara, which is really nice. And then mm-hmm. um, they have a bar and a cafe as yes. well, which was cool, so... We know several listeners that have gone there, and um, they they love the Gundam Cafe, man. I, it's it is the mecca, man. I hope to go if I ever get to go to Japan. And I and, haven't you know, played that game yet. Yeah. Oh, it's good. You should go and play it, man. Yeah, let me just hop on to uh, Jet right now to Japan. I'll be there in a few minutes. Be back I'll meet in time you there tomorrow. <laughs> we'll hit Akiba and and it's go hang time. out in, in the Gundam Cafe. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Sobra, why don't you hit us with your thoughts on? Um, how Gundam has changed to you over the years. 
Well, um, I uh, mentioned uh, Gundam Wing beforehand being my first real taste in the entire Gundam series. And um, I thought it was great. I thought it was the, uh, the, the end-all, be-all Gundam series. But I knew there were other ones out there. And I wanted to see what they were like, too. And I, it, somewhere in the back of my mind, I thought that nothing would compare to Gundam Wing. And then when Toonami started showing uh, Mobile Suit, uh, the original Mobile Suit in 2001, I was blown away. Because uh, it was an older series, but the situation seemed more dire in that and more realistic. And uh, I got attached to the characters real quick. Uh, fell in love with um, just the, the story there and the rivalry between Amaro and Char. And um, it really propelled the series, in my mind, as being the best one that I had seen at the time. And Gundam Wing almost seemed like a joke in retrospect. And then um, uh, as throughout the, uh, throughout the franchise, as other uh, iterations of it came to the States, some of them were a little hesitant to watch, like G Gundam, which just seemed way too far out of the, uh, the premise of Gundam that I was used to. You know, uh, Gundam Wing was uh, crazy in retrospect uh, in comparison to Mobile Suit Gundam. But uh, G Gundam, I just didn't see that as being a good show and um there were other other gundam series that i did want to check out but they were out of my hands but um over time i got to see all the series and i finally buckled and watched g gundam at neo's insistence and i ended up loving that show and i realized that all the different franchises or all the different um series of gundam had their own charm there is no bad gundam there is no bad gundam oh well no there is yeah there's at least two doozy bots and um and SD Gundam Force, although I hear SD Gundam Force does get better. A Aren't you bit. forgetting Destiny? Oh yeah, and and of course Destiny, but um, that has a that's that for has, you, Jab Man. That that has a special place in my heart and the toilet, but I, and, and a special <laughs> place for Jab Man too, and a special place for Jab Man, and sucker. Um, but yeah, I mean, even so, even the even the bad series, I got some enjoyment out of Destiny. I just I just think it could have been better executed. But um, I, I, at the end of the day, and going in, going um going forward. With the Gundam franchises, I, uh, when it comes to my, my, my uh, opinion of the franchise now, I look forward to almost every uh, incarnation that comes out because I know it's going to be a different experience, but there'll be familiar elements each time. And I, I know that some of them are not going to be picture perfect or in the way that I want them to, but uh, you know, it, it's a fun ride, and um, I, I think they usually do a good job of going about those series uh, anytime uh, they, 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 they put one out there. But that's me on Gundam. I think it's pretty well known, I don't make any bones about it, that back in those early days, I was not at all into G or mm-hmm. Turn A and indeed thought that they were garbage. Mm-hmm. You're also a little rough on wing, too, from what I remember. Deservedly so in some parts. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I, I agree with you there. But I didn't crap on the show outright. Mm. I didn't crap on it. <laughs> when, it when it say that you did. <laughs> I meant in comparison to me crapping on G and Turn A. Okay. Mm. Which I did, and the reason was that back in those early days, I was very hardcore Universal Century, and in my mind, that yeah. was what Gundam should be, and anything else was crap. Right. But eventually, I gave G another chance and watched it up to the point where they introduced the Devil Gundam, and I realized, wow, I was completely wrong about this. I was an idiot. <laughs> And I gave Turn A another chance, watched Beyond, say, episode two or three, and realized similarly, I was wrong about that, too. And that So which one my... should I watch? Oh. Well, you don't like Super Robots, so I don't know if G would be up your alley. Um, Turn A is Tamino, and it does have a bit of a UC feel to it, like far future UC. Yeah. And it kind of is, in a way, sort of a Miyazaki Gundam, Yeah. if you, were, if you think wow. about it. So that's something. Uh, X would probably be much more up your alley, I would say. 
Yeah. Given the, given the fact that it's like UC gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what worst UC worst case scenario. Yeah. And if you skip that on victory, it's worth a shot. I mean, it's it's grim. It's evil. It's UC. It's crazy. It's got mobile suits that are wacky. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, you know, I changed my opinion on both of those shows, and then of course Seed comes along, which is just a in its first half just a bad retread of MSG, and you know I knocked it forward then, and I would still knock it for doing the same now for just not being good at what it did. Right. But my opinion over Gundam the way it's changed over the years is this: I realized a long time ago that never mind the fact that I'm American, but the fact that I was you know a twenty-something guy that I was never going to be the target audience for bandai for gundam yeah and i'm okay with that and i'm okay with them not giving me the things that i would prefer to see but rather every few years going back to the well to indoctrinate that next generation of kiddies into being gunpla freaks because that's what they want to do <laughs> that's how the they ul- make their money the ultimate goal exactly you want them kids buying those gundam model kits <laughs> and as i've said before Gundam has always been a toy commercial, contrary to the opinions of people who think that it's just become a toy commercial now with age. Right. It's always been a toy commercial. The Very fact that there have been good stories in a lot of the shows and good action and good soundtracks and all of that are just happy bonuses. Yeah. And you come to accept that over over the years because you know that's that's pretty much their first 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 and uh, their first focus is yeah. to um, is merchandising. So it's it the fact that that there's a good story framed around it is a side a bonus, effect. But you, it, now we come to almost you know expect it every time too. Um, sometimes we're disappointed. <laughs> My perspective now, the way I've approached Gundam for years, is mm-hmm. I don't care what universe it is. I don't care about the mobile suit design. I don't care about the animation style or the voice actors or the character design. Mm-hmm. The only thing I want to know is, is it good? Yeah. And I think that's the best perspective to approach such a mega huge long-running franchise that has a gazillion different continuities. Wow. Holy. Well, that's best. That's, that's, it, it, you've, you've come full circle. You're a very you know, kind-hearted man. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I try to be generous, you know. There you even, go. <laughs> even even to all those haters on 4chan, screw you guys. Well, um, it's I have a kind to you. I've got a question to both of y'all. Um, does does Gundam rank above, I guess, some other established sci-fi franchises to you guys? Um, like we we've compared uh, Gundam to Star Wars and Star Trek before, but um, it seems to have a better track record when it comes to um, when you weigh their works. Between um, <laughs> between Gundam um, and well, Helmet- <laughs> if you're talking about film works compared to Star Wars, then yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, that's that's a much better track record. I mean, the the Star Trek movies have been off. You know, there's there's, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Um, the TV shows, some of them have been um, very good, while other ones, you know, eked along and and eventually faded out. And um, although uh, the latest Star Trek movie was awesome, but still, uh, the future of Star Trek, there's still one. But for Gundam, it's been a pretty good track record for that. And out of all the sci-fi fan franchises I do enjoy, i got to say that's probably my number one franchise. It's a surprisingly point. good track record for something that's been running for 32 years because, you know, at least in my opinion, the way I see things now, I have never seen a Gundam that is so disgustingly bad, <laughs> so to the level of garbage like say dragonaut yeah that i would want to just turn away from it and say good god this is garbage i never want to look at this again Ooh. i've never run across anything that bad even destiny at its lowest moments at its worst never hit that low of a low for me that's a compliment 
It's it's da damning with faint praise, perhaps, Ooh. in the years of Jab Man. Man. <laughs> yes, it's not it's not it's not the absolute bottom of the gutter. So there is that for it. Mm -hmm. No, there is. I have not. I have yet to see the Gundam series that is that far down the gutter mm -hmm. that it just makes me want to turn away completely. <laughs> completely divorced from the fact that I don't have the choice anyway by virtue of running MHQ and being a co-host of this show. Yeah. <laughs> just as a viewer. You're kind of screwed. I, I've never encountered anything that bad. Who knows? Maybe Age will be that show. Oh. Maybe it'll be a masterpiece. I hope so. God. We'll find out in a little over two months. Yeah, we will. But Hiroko, uh, it, 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 any any thoughts on on franchises? Franchise. Well, you know, I'm not a I'm not a huge Gundam fan, so it's it's hard for me to say. You know, just like Chris mentioned to me, it's it's been about the toys, right? So what, when it comes the, to merchandise, then just how, the, how does it stack the up? merchandise is awesome. You there know, you to me, this is like even when I was a little kid, the quality of the model kits is still up there, right? Mm. And so just for nostalgia and. You know, the, the toys came a little bit first for me, so I've always kind of focused on it. And um, the quality of the kits has kept up. Um, the high complaints are still really nice. If I had any criticism, it's that um, there's still people like me that, like, keep the, the original mobile suit stuff so popular, which it's kind of has to pass on at some point, right? Like, who still wants no, to never. get a Zaku, you know? <laughs> you'd I mean, how be, many, how many Zakus can you get? You know? Zaku is the most popular thing in Gundam next to the Gundam. Wow. But they should let it go at some point, you know? No, like... they'll never let it go. It's it's <laughs> spread into other universes now. That is true. The, that's what the... that's my criticism at the like, you know, there's a new age in it, there's new people involved. Hey, at there's some three point... things that have become universal about Gundam. The basic design of the RX-78 that will always be copied in every new show. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. The basic design of the Gundam, I mean of the Zaku, that will be copied somehow in pretty much every show, some way or somehow. The and Haro, which is now just copied outright in every new universe. Yeah. I don't know. I think to, to make it its own big thing, they've got to separate a little bit. And, uh, yeah. It's like for me when I listen to... The, when you listen to music nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. They still freaking play music that I grew up to, and it's still really popular. And until like people just throw it in the trash and start something new, I think it's going to stagnate and it's going to well, suffer. Well, it's still ridiculously popular, despite you know them yeah. coming back to that same well over and over again. And I guess from Midnight's perspective, and and this is true, and their profits show it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> you know, no matter how much. Long-time fans may complain about things being too different or being too much the same. They'll put out some red, white, and blue-looking mobile suit, and everybody will still line up and buy it. They'll put out Plamo. People will buy it. They'll put out video games with it. People will buy it. So despite all the complaining from people about whatever, it still makes a gazillion yen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Bandai has a chief Gundam officer oh, Lord. has a position <laughs> says it all, I think. Well, I think they always inject newness into uh, into the old formula every time they 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 um they venture out with a new franchise, I'm sorry, a new series, and um, even in the models kits, 
you know, there's always something new there, at least with the enemy mobile suits and the, the redesign of the Gundam. I know with Double uh, O, that was a pretty good reimagining of the Gundam and, and its other suits in there. You know, it just... It, 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 and, of it, course, it, the Legend of King Arthur. And the Legend of King Arthur, my boy, Saji Crossroad. He has him and his valet, <laughs> the Double O Riser. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I, as long as they inject crea- creativity into it, I think they can, they can, they can beat that horse and it's, it won't die. Um, although, you know, everything has its time in the sun, but there's a lot of franchises that are still strong today, like they mentioned Star Wars and, and Star Trek, and their merchandise still sells. And um, a, lot of the, a lot of them don't really have any new entries in that. And, but Gundam has yet been able to reinvent itself over the, over the last 30 years. And I I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for it, you yeah. know? But I, <laughs> that's a sucker kinda, born every minute, you know what they that's, say. That's what, like, I know, like, you see... The, mm-hmm. the unicorn series like mm-hmm. they put those elements you know the shark dude and oh, yeah. you know the just the, it was to grab people like me like oh it's char i better give this some money you know i love char <laughs> and so that that tactic even though it's successful you know who cares about me now you know you <laughs> dude, care about those but, kids do do you feel the shame that you're so susceptible to what yes they do? i feel the shame every time i buy a new destroyed kit yeah i'm like <laughs> this one transforms in destroy mode and i'm gonna buy it and i'm like god i'm such a whore you know? nice this nice. is the last time i do this until the next time yeah. <laughs> this is seriously the last time really for real it's it's even worse because i know i'm doing it every time <laughs> oh. Are you um? Are, do you also collect the hard graphs at all? No, I don't. Oh well, you 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 you're not, you're not that much of a diehard then. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm just... that much of a diehard. Well, do do you buy uh, ridiculously expensive B Club resins? Ooh. I do not. There you go. Then you're not that diehard. Goodness. In in my youth, uh, that was dedicated to all those five star stories kits, and then oh, I was like, no. you know, I gotta stop doing this. I'm poor, you know. <laughs> You can have a sign out next to the highway. We'll, <laughs> we'll pay. We'll work. We'll work for, for a night model. of gold. <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much my question when it comes to those franchises. But back to you, Chris. Well, I guess that wraps up this discussion. So, of course, we'll be talking about all of these things as we go on and on and on. Because, of course, our name is Gundam. And you can't have Gundam without Gundam in it. <laughs> or Dam. Or Gun. Sometimes we fight it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break before we come back to wrap up the show. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. End of discussion! Debate is over. You will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology. You will kowtow. You will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can get me. Get used to it. It's the way of the world. If you're so hot on discipline, then Gun- damn it, start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater.
in a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. It's so goddamn hot! Milk was a bad choice! Welcome back to episode 83 of Gundam at MAHQ. And in this episode, we were joined by our special guest, Hiroko. And um, take a bow, Hiroko. You were awesome. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I really had a great time. If anything, um, it, was, it was nice to have a, another female presence on the show. It so rarely happens. Yeah, bring up the sausage <laughs> party every once in a while. Woo! <laughs> if anything, um, we'll have we'll do, I, I look forward to having you on the show again this time with uh, Neo in company too. So um, please, please, I'd, I'd like to have you guys over at uh, Japaninator sometime. So yeah, if uh, if you'd like, um, you have anything to uh, Japan? You so you um are a contributor to Japaninator? Japaninator. Yes. Japaninator. Say it however you want. I said oh, it every man. time. Give it, give us some some URL spam, please. No, by all means, go to japanator.com and you can check me out also at destructoid.com. Awesome. And um, uh, any um, any anything that you would like to plug, Chris? I was recently on Anime Addicts Anonymous, bringing an end to the last of the crossovers of one of our hosts appearing on their show. Mm-hmm. So it was a great discussion, talked about a bunch of things, and <laughs> I'm sure that Sobro will have the link in the show notes. Oh, he will. But um, if you want to jump the gun, you can head over to... AAAPodcast.com and check out that episode, which I, I believe it's episode ninety three. I believe. Oh man, they are ahead of us. I remember when they used to be behind us, man. No, well, no, that's no. what happens when you do a weekly show. Absolutely, and live too. Those guys are that awesome. too. That was an experience. <laughs> I've never done a uh, a live podcast over the internet. Wow, with a chat room. Damn, I wasn't even at home at the time you were on. I wish I was because I wanted to hear it. But um, I'm going to definitely check out that episode, too. Got it downloaded. Might be something that we should try in the future. No promises. No promises. <laughs> Notice how I immediately qualified that. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to get people to not have their hopes up. Yeah. Uh, if anything, um, it, it's definitely worth a thought. And I also want to give props to... Uh, exactly a thought. I like to give a thought to... Uh, uh, not a thought, but uh, props to Mitsugi. Um from Anime Addicts Anonymous. They're currently at, uh, I think, Otacon right now. And he sent me a picture of him right next to this big-ass model of the unicorn in destroy mode. That thing was awesome. And um, I, I'll, put, I'll post it up in the post uh, for the episode so you guys can check that out, too. But uh, anything else you guys wanted to uh, to relate to the audience? Well, I would also mention that uh, our good old pal, Pedro Bear South, oh. Pedro, he's at uh, Otacon, and he's been doing a bunch of stuff, filming crap, which I'm sure you will find on Tomopop and Japanator mm-hmm. in the next uh, few days by the time this podcast is out. So look for that because I'm sure he's had some interesting experiences. 
Well, hot dog. I, everybody's going, man. I feel left out, man. That between that and Evo, man, I I feel like a pauper today. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like the, the bridesmaid? Oh my God! It's like I feel, I feel always the bridesmaid, never the never bride. The bride. <laughs> Which is funny because last year I went I went to Las Vegas for my honeymoon, so <laughs> it's too funny. But um, if if um if anything, I also wanted uh, to say a few kind words to um. First off, Dollar Relance, uh, he recently went to Anime Expo and created a special of Anime Expo for Gundam, which will be airing very soon, sh- shortly after this episode comes out. Um, you'll see that um, that special episode, which he uh, talks about his experiences at Anime Expo and talks to other listeners of Gundam who, um, who are also there at Anime Expo. So looking forward to putting that up. And uh, thank you, Dollar Relance, for all your hard work, man. You are the best. I've got to say, you you really put your best foot forward, and thank you for being our foreign correspondent here on this here on the um the the, the on the um the opposite coast, <laughs> not so foreign, but um our California correspondent, if anything, when it comes to uh, that convention over there. And um, I also want to give props to um, our friend Elliot, who is one of our listeners of the show. He created a uh, a fan made commercial for Gundam just recently and posted it on YouTube. And I linked it in a previous episode, but I will link it again for those who might have missed that. It's really it's good well. Stuff. It's really well done, and it, it it knocked my socks off. So thank you, Elliot, for doing that. Um, also, I just want to get the word out there that there's a really funny uh, Gundam commercial uh, for ne- for Nissan uh, noodles out there, and I guess the uh, the slogan for it is called "Boiled Japan." It shows a a shot of the RX-78 rising up. It's the the big one 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 by one model that they have standing in Japan, and you see it rising up uh, as sunrise is happening, and it's holding a kettle. It, it's it, it it really knocked my socks off too. That's a really cool commercial, and you should check that out on YouTube. But um, other than that, uh, always check out these websites. Head on over where the magic happens. M A H Q dot net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam dot net. That's right, it's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the Movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. And that's it for this episode of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Later. I've been no help to anybody. Eve, why don't you find somebody else? This is no time for self-pity. At this moment, Professor Embry is at the airport, but unless something is done, his plane will never leave the ground. Colonel Andrews, we're in position. Andrews again? Actually, a biogenetic simulation of Colonel Andrews developed by the aliens. The real Andrews was destroyed, and the same fate awaits Professor Embry if he is captured. That must not happen. How much I can do about it? This generator's shot. It won't budge. There is another option. A space fighter prototype is fueled up and ready on Hangar Bay 11. Great, I suppose I'll find the keys in the ignition. I may have found a way of defeating the invaders, but if my plan fails, Professor Embry is our last hope. That's why you must go to the airport. Okay, okay, I get the picture.
Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. A proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. My mother risked her life for me. And now you too. I should have saved you. I should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light! light!